0: Deck the halls, trim the trees, drink your eggnog, whatever it takes to get you through 2020, people. This is the season finale of Blabberbrain Show, and we're going out big with rock legends, John Elefante, and Lacey and Josh Sturm. You're not going to want to miss this show. Let's do this.
1: Blabberbrains.
0: And welcome to the Christmas holiday blabber brain show special <laughs> I know we've been gone for uh jeez what since Thanksgiving I think was uh, uh our last uh, uh time out here so we've been gone for for almost a month but
2: and the people loved it
0: <laughs> <laughs> I don't know about that I people ask me for more who who are, who are your fans <laughs>
2: oh, there's a, I have no fans that's why they, they're happy they're like you're not gonna do anything with uh you know, with with doing another podcast, I says, I don't know when that's going to be. Well, take your time. Yeah, man.
0: You need some some new fans. Anyways, uh, Michael Cadry over here, uh, Big M over there. Uh, We welcome you to the Blab Brain Show. And um, yes, this is, as you can tell by our uh, attire, by the lights, Christmas tree, the red everywhere. It's Hanukkah. So, uh, well, it's Hanukkah, but it's also Christmas. This is uh, that's why we're we're this is the Christmas holiday show. We're gonna include everything in there. Um even Kwanzaa, you know what the heck? it's a made up Ser- holiday, but the, who cares? We're gonna we're gonna include Kwanzaa in there.
2: And the Serbians are I think the second week of January. So we
0: <laughs> Yeah, welcome then. Yeah, we'll, we probably won't have another episode up by then, but okay. Welcome <laughs> uh the what what is that's the um orthodox, right? The orthodox uh Christmas.
2: I'm not really sure. I live, I mean. A couple miles from me is wall Pennsylvania and there's still a lot of old Serbians and people I went to school with that lived there. Pretty much all of them were, that were Serbian. You know, yeah. My, so. my daughter
0: has a Serbian friend, but I, it's a, a Greek Orthodox, uh, Christmas is in January. Uh, so we'll wrap that in there too. Isn't Ramadan here too? We'll wrap the Ramadan. In I this. Know. But I, I don't, I'm sorry. We're going to include every holiday, uh, we just happen to, I guess, personally uh, celebrate Christmas, so that's why we're like this. Although we all know it's about that man up there, only not like that, like in a manger, little baby. But uh, Santa Claus, what the heck? We're gonna we're gonna uh, do it with Santa Claus. So, um, and so, you know, I uh, I was thinking about this for for the show. You know, when you think about Christmas. You know, it's it's a little bit different for me because I have kids, and uh, although they're older now, um, I got to relive what it was like um, when I was a kid, like through them and their excitement of Christmas and everything. And um, it gets you thinking about like the the memories of Christmas, good and bad. You know, Christmas there there's I mean, good things and bad things. My father-in-law passed away a week before Christmas, uh, I remember you know, that? Uh, Some time ago, thirteen years ago now, I think. And, um, but I think back when I was a kid about, about Christmas. Now, we had a weird um, tradition when I was a kid. I'm not sure. And, and I thought that we were the only ones who did this. Actually, when I was a kid, you think that everybody did, does it, right? But as you grow up, you realize, geez, nobody else is doing this. And then later on, I found out, oh, we did that too. Uh, in our household, we had, um, our Christmas tree was sitting up in our living room, but it wasn't decorated until christmas morning uh because our tradition was that santa claus would come and help decorate the tree i'm like when the hell does he have time to do all that you know he's <laughs> yeah he's gonna go to every single house and deliver gifts and he's got time to decorate the tree <laughs> somehow when you're a kid you just you know you you suspend your your belief of of reality and you, you believe in that sort of st- things but have you ever heard of that have you ever heard of like santa claus helping to decorate the christmas tree is that or is that just our family
2: no i think i mean we never did that it was a big deal for us in early December, you know, I was a kid, or even, you know, I was with somebody for a long time, and I started going out, when I started going out with her, and her son was, I think, eight at the time, so, you know, kind of went through the whole thing of the, few, you know, with the Santa Claus, and and everything like that, and, no, it was usually the week after, that weekend of, um of, th- of thanksgiving usually but if i remembered a tradition many years ago people used to actually with the kids they didn't even bring a tree in until christmas morning and it was all decorated and the tree was there and the, yeah yeah you know, but that was i think that was traditional very long time ago though
0: yeah I, I don't know i like i said when you're a kid you don't question these things you just figure that that's the way everybody's i never asked my friends hey well what is it what's it like at your place on christmas I don't know. Maybe other kids questioned it. I didn't. I just took it on face value, whatever. But um, I think the the hardest thing for me was um, the balance between lying to my kids about Santa Claus and like, because I wanted to tell them the truth and just like let them still want to believe. I, you know, my my old business partner. That's what he did with his kids. He like they told him the truth at, at kids and they're like, we don't care. We still want to believe and let them let them choose but then there's that part of me that like you I remember when I was their age and that was like magical it was you know the like going to see the 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 Santa in the mall you knew they were all different and the whole thing of oh that's just Santa's helper and blah 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 and but as some somehow as a kid you don't even question it you just believe it and I, I remember I wasn't crushed like when I found out, I was like, oh, yeah, I kind of figured that out. You know, but by the time you figure it out, you're like, I figured it out. And I wasn't pissed at my parents. So, I'm, so I struggle with that. I'm like, I always try never to lie to my kids. Right. And I, I just don't want to lie to them. And I was like, I, I'm, I'm assuming that this is eventually somehow going to come back to me somewhere along the lines where I say, look, girls, I never lie to you. Well, what about Santa Claus? Uh you know what That's I mean? Different, I, it is different. I, and I think you get a buy, you get a pass for that as a parent because, you know, again, there's just something magical about that. You know, now our, our focus is on other things, but we still, you know, the whole, It it's weird. Cause like as a family, you have this, this blend, this uh, cross of, uh, of secular and Christian uh, celebration of, of Christmas. And um, you know, my heart, wants to focus on the birth of Christ, but the celebration of the season is just all about everything that comes along with, with Christmas, the Christmas tree, the presents, the decorations, all that other stuff that has nothing to do with that. So, and I'm, I'm, I'm just, you know, I still, I still love Christmas. I, I, as the older I get, the, uh, the more cranky I get about the weather. And it's, we got a, a, a white Christmas right now. It's, it's snowing like crazy uh, outside here in the Berg. And uh, I think, just today i think we got more snow today than we got the last two seasons combined because we had a couple of mild winters the last few years
2: we got a lot here Mm -hmm. i'd say there's definitely over a half a foot setting out
0: oh yeah we got easily 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 seven or eight inches uh here so but anyways um anyway let's get to uh there's a couple things i i want to boast about i don't know if you have anything to boast about but let's uh let's do a blabber boast let's cue it blabber boast All right, well, I don't want to let you go first this time. I'll, I'll be a gentleman and, and give you first honors. On, on. I, actually, I, get, I actually have two things I want to boast about real quick, So, but go ahead.
2: Well, anyhow, I'm actually nipping on this right now, so Uh-oh. God knows what's going to happen. This is um, <laughs> Uncle Nearest, 1884. It is a small batch Tennessee whiskey, and I bought the ball. No, I didn't go through this today. I mean, I've had this for a couple of weeks. And um, it's, it's really good. I mean, I saw a commercial wow. for it. they were advertising and there was three different, they had three different um, ones that you could select from. And I decided this one was on sale. So I decided to. Uh, Uncle Ben's? Uncle Nearest.
0: Oh, ne- I'm no, we're, not talking rice. About, we're not talking <laughs> about rice here.
2: This is, this <laughs> isn't made with rice. This isn't a sake or anything.
0: <laughs> Probably goes for some sake.
2: But it's, um, um, it's, it's 93 proof it's really smooth and, they and say what, what's
0: the retail on that
2: uh, it was like in the mid 40s I think yeah. here I think it was on sale and I think I paid 45 for it It might have been 50 or 51 52 something like that here Well, it looks like you put a
0: hurting on that bottle already well, so
2: it's been in two over two weeks I've nipped at it and I uh, figured for this I when I was at Christmas shopping for others I mean I after, after tomorrow work one more day in the next 17 days and I got these Steeler um rocks classes which were pretty cool.
0: Yeah, you have to fl- you have to flash out when we have our, our uh, guest John Elefante on because oh, yeah. we we uh John and I always banter back and forth about Steelers and Titans and stuff yeah, like that. Just so that so.
2: you know, I this oh. is what I have free. This is for you. Oh. Well, I know I'm, you
0: I'm coming over.
2: Cuz I got this for you.
0: Oh man. And
2: because when I know you won't take any money off me when we go into the I go into <laughs> studio in early January to do this short little acoustic single. And I figured I'd, bought, I'd bring you a bottle of this. I thought we might do it before Christmas, and then in, in case you got too crazy with the family and everything, and you wanted a couple <laughs> drinks, you could you have had it. I might have, might have to make a
0: special trip over to your house. So <laughs> or, that or I
2: could drop I could drop it off to you. <laughs>
0: Anyways, um, yeah, that's that's very kind. I mean, that's awesome. Uh, you know, that's my that's my uh, drink of choice, as you know. I mean, every time that uh, you do your uh, Mark Anthony Solo and friends shots, that's what I'm. I'm laying down, at and um, you know, I, I it's not that I don't try other whiskey. I I, I do. I have tried plenty. It's just I go back to that double mellow gentleman Jack, and it's just it's just it's it just good. really good. Yeah. I mean,
2: I'm more of a I'm more of a um, yeah
0: Jim Beam. You like the Jim, Jim Beam? Oh, I like
2: Jim Beam Black. Black, G- yeah. You know, I, the regular Jim Beam. I mean, I'll drink it if it's if it's only well, it's the same available. with
0: regular Jack. I'm not a huge regular Jack. I mean, I'm, I I I'll, I'll drink regular Jack, and it's good. But I that's not what I usually buy. But
2: oh, there's such a difference between regular Jack Daniels and
0: oh, Gentleman's
2: Jack and although
0: I, I, I still think that I ought to get that GoFundMe going for the, the uh the select, the Sinatra Select. <laughs> it's like it's like three hundred and ninety dollars for a bottle. But uh, you know you know i i just i'm a big frank sinatra fan big jack daniels fan that's got to be good man it's got to it
2: i didn't read anything about it i know it's out there but i mean i'm what is it age for 35 years i have no idea one of his shoes or i I,
0: I would still drink it if it was aged in one of his shoes
2: jacket in it or
0: (laughs) (laughs) if that was in one of his shoes i probably would still drink it uh but anyways no i I don't know i don't know what's uh, i mean different about it it's just uh you know it was made specifically for, um, I think it was, it's based on, um, you know, his love of Jack Daniels and, um, what's different about it. I don't know. I know, I know one per two people actually that have actually bought a bottle of it and they say it's phenomenal. So I, I actually would love to have it. I would hope for at a that price it. that it would and be fantastic. If I have any uh, wealthy friends out there who are looking to get me something for Christmas, you know, there you go. The, the Sinatra <laughs> select, but, uh, no, the two things I want to blab about, um, right now um first of all are um for king and country their new christmas album which for king and country is just it, they're a very odd band because they're a really good band and a lot of people have heard about them but a lot of people have never heard of it. they're they're like the most popular band that like a lot of people have never heard of you know <laughs> they uh they they pack a crowd their their shows are every bit as uh, extravagant and big production as like u2 or anything like that when you go see them on tour and it's a big production their songs are great Um, and there's so many people that love them and go to their shows and they've been having this drive-in concert series and they've been selling out like every drive-in theater that they go to go to play and uh, but then you still ask so many people and they're like yeah i've never heard of them Um, but they give a nod to pittsburger gabby barrett uh, from uh, american idol and our buddy steve o'toole What's up, Steve? Uh, I know follows the show. Uh, played guitar for for Gabby uh, when they uh, American Idol did a um, uh, an expose on Gabby. She was like one of the final three contestants on American Idol, and she'd had a big concert downtown. And uh, Steve was playing guitar for her and everything like that. Well, anyways, she uh, sings. Uh, she has a guest uh, spot on the song on uh, on the album, um, and they just did a live. Uh, performance of the album uh, on Monday uh, broadcast on YouTube and Facebook. And they played the, just about every song from the album live. Uh, really cool. Cause they were in California and they, they had like, they were in the mountains of California. You could see like if the sun was setting and it was just a beautiful backdrop and everything like that. But then they uh, had Gabby Barrett call in on, on FaceTime and, uh, and saying, oh, come Emmanuel uh, with them. And that was really cool. But anyways, the, the song, the, the album is filled with uh, traditional uh, Christmas classics as well as a few of their original songs, but it has that for king and country twist that they put on there. But I recommend that to anybody looking for some new Christmas music coming up. And as far as the, the, the spirits coming up, um, I want to boast about this right here, this uh, Renwood and I actually can't remember if I talked about this or on the show. If I talked about this before, I, for, I, I forget. I don't know. I'm you sorry. might
2: have talked to me about it before. I'm, I've, I've heard uh, you talk about it before. Nothing was here.
0: I know I did on on social media, but I'm going to blab about this again. Um, this is some freaking good wine, man. This is old vines Zinfandel, uh, Renwood, and um, it's been on Chairman Select. And I'm uh, over the last two months. I, I don't know. I must have bought six or eight bottles of. The, <laughs> I'm gonna just, have to I, buy I, a bottle of it then. Well, I'm just I just keep going back to it because it's that good. I'm just like anytime I go back into the uh, wine and spirits store, if they have it there, I'm buying it because uh, it's a great deal. I think it's uh, normally like forty dollars. They had it on sale for like twelve ninety nine or something like that. Chairman Select. Uh, anyways, if you see this bottle, this Old Vines in Renwood, uh, in your local uh, wine and spirits place or in your if you're if you go to if you're in a place where the they sell uh, wine in your grocery store, and they have this. Get this wine. I tell you, you will not be disappointed at all. Okay. So that ends this uh, edition of
2: Robert Post.
0: All right, <clears throat> there's. Um, we're trying to keep this segment a little bit short because we uh, got an extended show here uh, coming up, and uh, we got two guests, as I uh, mentioned in the beginning, uh, coming up. We got John Elefonte coming up, and Lacey Sturm and her husband Josh coming up a little bit later. But um, I just want to talk about, you know, I want to combine Christmas and uh, current events in some way, shape or form, try to bring them together. And I think it's one of the, the, the I guess, depending on which side you're sitting on with uh, the, the topic of this, it could be a great Christmas gift. It could be not a good Christmas gift. But the, the, um, the thing that they said wasn't going to be here by Christmas is the vaccine. And it looks like it is coming up for COVID. I think for a lot of people, I think this is good news. Uh, a lot of people that are gonna be scared to take it. I understand that whatever, but- I'm waiting, baby. Yeah. I'm ready. I, I, yeah. Okay. <laughs> I, I, think, I think it's a good Christmas gift for, for America and for the world that there's at least uh, a few of them rolling out already. And um, you know, myself, I, I never get the flu shot. I probably won't get the, this, not because the fact I'm afraid of it or anything like that, but just because the fact I just, I'm not sick very often. Um, I don't know. It, my my mind might change uh, later on during during this whole thing, but um, anyways, I, I I'm not going to sit there and say don't get this flu shot because X Y Z. I'm going to say I think this is a good thing. I think this is a good thing that the vaccine is here, and I think it's a it's something that we can celebrate as as a um, uh, as a Christmas gift to America. And um, so you know, th- because this is still scary times. I know. Plenty of people being affected by COVID right now, and which is really weird because we've only had like I say only like something like fifteen million uh, people in the United States affected with COVID, and which is like four percent of our population. Where H one N one is like sixty million people, which is like seventeen percent of our population. I didn't know anybody that had the H one N one. I I, I, I don't knew. Think no- I didn't either. I I know I knew nobody, <laughs> but yet. I, I've known at least, I don't know, 10 people that, that that had COVID and stuff already. So it's kind of odd where I used to think that everybody was going to eventually get this. And now I don't think that way anymore. I don't think that we're all going to get this because we're at 15 million now with the vaccine. I don't think we're going to reach 60 million because of the vaccine. No, I, um, hope,
2: I hope not anyhow. And thankfully, this
0: isn't as, de- the, the, the H1N1 wasn't as deadly as, as uh, COVID because otherwise we would have had a lot. Yeah, more.
2: I, I know too. I know two people who have lost family members of a mother-in-law and then, and then an uncle. And he actually has another family member who's in the hospital right now too. That's not, that's not doing so well. So,
0: yeah. So we, we needed a win. We, and I think the vaccine is a good win for America. Um, well, I guess time is yet to tell because, you know, it just kind of makes you a little sad, uh, because of everybody getting sick and, and some people dying and stuff like that. Um, and, you know, there's, you know, I, I think of, you know, the, you know, get the, the Christmas blues as, uh, you know, Elvis Presley said, I'll have a blue Christmas without you and stuff like that. But um, anyways, I think we need a pick me up. Um, and I want to know, uh, Big M, you got all those guitars around you. Would you be willing to and, and indulge us with a little Christmas magic of your own?
2: Oh, God, I'm, I've changed gears here, baby. We're really oh. going to cheapen <laughs> it up.
0: Oh, you got the cars, uh, you got the car. I, I used to thought that was your Roy Roger guitar, but you corrected me saying that was your your Disney Pixar uh, cars.
2: Yeah, it doesn't uh, say in tune that. or anything, but it's sort of a guitar.
0: But it's very festive.
2: And I've changed, the, I put together words just here while I was sipping on this a little earlier. I was waiting for <laughs> a guitar to come, in to, me, to come to me by UPS, uh, a thin line telecaster, and because of the weather here, in Western Pennsylvania, it's been delayed until tomorrow. They didn't tell me that until seven o'clock.
0: So, well, well, why don't you serenade everybody with a little bit of Christmas well, magic?
2: How well, about a little bit of Santa blues here? And um, I don't know if I could play it on this or not. And if I'm going to remember the words or not, this is jotted down. I got a couple notes <laughs> over here. So,
1: I guess I got to get a bluesy voice it's getting close to christmas don't know what i'm gonna do well it's getting close to christmas don't know what i'm gonna do well i'm spreading the news i got the santa blue I'm running low on toilet paper. I'm running low on soap. If Satan needs to wash his hands, I don't care if he's the Pope, I got the blues, I got the Santa Blues. Rudolph spread the news. I got the Santa Blue. low on hand sanitizer please see six feet away when I want to get close to a woman she pulls out the mace I got the blues (laughs) I got the Santa Um. blues Rudolph spread the news I got the Santa blues yeah Spread the news. I got the Santa blues. Oh, yeah. yeah.
0: The big My M, ladies and gentlemen. Are
1: roasting on an open fire.
0: <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah. The big M, ladies and gentlemen. We're going to take a short break. We'll be right back with John Elefante and later that up on. up a little
1: bit, but oh well. <laughs> it's
0: okay. Later on, we have uh, Lacey Sturm and her husband, Josh. Don't go away. We're back in just a minute.
1: Black brains.
0: Welcome back to the Blabber Brain Show. And if uh, that song that you heard right there in the break is called We Will Be Fine. And if the voice sounds familiar to you, it should because it's a legendary voice of John Elefante, ladies and gentlemen. Thanks for coming on the show, John. Let's give a big applause. There you Absolutely.
3: go. Glad to be here, Michael. John, have uh, friends and I'm proud, proud to be with you.
0: Yeah, well, John as everybody knows, uh, legendary uh, singer, songwriter, producer, m- multi-Grammy awards, Dove awards. Uh how many Grammy awards you win? Four, nominated for a bunch more. I mean, do I, I don't want I don't want to cut you short. Is it how many Grammy awards have you won?
3: I stopped counting.
0: Okay. <laughs> You've won multiple Grammy awards, mul- multiple Dove awards. And uh, no, I'm just.
3: I'm that was pompous. I'm just kidding. <laughs>
0: well, you know what I'm saying. I mean, obviously, by, by your accomplishments on the wall there, um, you know, I think that besides all of the uh, the those kind of accolades, I think everybody knows uh, who you are and what you've done, both with Kansas and both um, uh, on a, your solo career, and as well as I don't know how many people know. Uh, the bands that you've produced or, or your projects that you've been involved with, but you—you uh, you, anybody just go out there and look you up on the internet can see that you're 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 a busy guy in the music industry, and uh, even your your uh, I mean your former recording studio was in Nashville was a, a pretty busy studio as well. You've had a lot of artists come in there as well, um, but you know you and I have known each other for I don't know. Like seven years or something like that. Whenever when when did uh On My Way to the Sun come out? Was it like 2013 or something like that?
3: Uh, I think you, Michael, yeah, I think you and I have known each other longer than
0: that. 10- well, we go back to like actually to 99. I I first met you in 1999, but we weren't friends back then, so that goes back you know 20 21 years now. But On uh, My Way to
3: the Sun came out. I think I want to say about uh, seven or eight years ago.
0: Yeah. Okay. So uh, I seems just like a,
3: yesterday, it seems like I just put that record out.
0: Well, you know, the older you get, the the shorter time is, I mean, uh-huh. I could do five years standing on one leg for crying out loud, uh, <laughs> <laughs> but you know, that, I mean, it was a great album. It was a great, uh, you know, solo effort. Uh, you know, all your solo stuff, you know, I mean, forget about what you've done with Kansas. Kansas has its own like little niche, like cut out, uh your your solo stuff is obviously it, it's recognizable because of your voice but the writing is is what's what's key there and I think that there, that there's some uh, symmetry to Kansas because you were you know wrote a, a lot of those you songs know, I, that I've, you sang I've, on.
3: I've always written I've always written like that
0: yeah I mean well I mean but also uh, you and Dino your brother have a very special relationship and I know you guys yeah. write a lot of stuff together but um, do you think that your like relationship with your brother is key to like your sound and and your, your music, or is it, is it, or is he riding on your coattails or what's going on?
3: No, he's not. No, no. Dino's, um, I would say his role is being my best critic. Okay. John, take, take the song this way. It's, it's, you, I don't like where this is going. Uh, let's work on this lyric together. Let's, um, let's ride a new bridge, you know, stuff like that.
0: Right. Yeah. I think it's a, it's a, a it's really very
3: well, integral, you know, to a, to a, a great song. Yeah, so I, it It's very important.
0: It's a dynamic uh, relationship you have uh, with your brother. So, and obviously the it's love, hate. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's siblings. What do you want? You know what I mean? So, um, I mean, it's, it's, there's, there's love, hate, never kind of, it's been working relationship. for a long time. Yeah. So, you know, why, why fool with it? Yeah, it, ha- it has, it has so uh you know as we uh we got cued into the the beginning here we we uh we heard a, a song called we will be fine which is a brand new song you're we're premiering. i don't know i know some other people have heard the song but i'm gonna like just say right now that it was a blabber brains show premiere we premiered it here you've heard it uh Probably not first, but, you know, for this listening audience, that's the first time you've heard the song. So it was a Blabberbrains premiere song. So obviously you're working on some new material. um, I I, I
3: should have a new record out by. Well, it's going to be done early, early 2021, but it's probably not going to be released until April of 2021, because we want to do a simultaneous release with Europe.
0: Right. Well,
3: we're signing a deal with a company in Europe that will take care of Europe and Japan. And, you know, I mean, it's very important that we do a simultaneous release. Of course, they don't want to come out of here first. (laughs) Well, well, that was going to
0: be my question. It's a simultaneous release, right? They're not getting it ahead of us, right? (laughs) Oh, no. Okay, good.
3: We'll we'll hang on the U.S. and Canada and they'll take the rest of the world. I mean, I I don't have a lot of inroads to how to promote, you know, to the, Japan and Russia and all those. Countries. Right. So they'll take
0: well, care of that. Yeah. I mean, there's the other side of that is once people get wind of it, you know what I mean? It's, it kind of just kind of catches fire anyways. Um, uh, grassroots, uh, viral, whatever you want to call it. Um, but the, your last album, you know, on my way to the sun um, was, it was, you did uh, uh, a Kickstarter fundraising right. for, and the fans pitched in to do that. Mm-hmm um
3: and the fans kicked in in very well
0: well uh, yes uh, more than enough for you to get it done i i I know that but um the uh so your experience between doing an an independent album like that and your upcoming album which i know like i said the label's not involved with it um and every artist i talk to about this they they always prefer having their own autonomy and their own control over the music but you know Explain the difference from your point of view, the difference between being able to control all that and do what you want to do versus having to kind of ride the guidelines of and stay within the lanes of working with a label.
3: Well, I'll give you an example. Um, That song that We Will Be Fine that you played earlier, Mm -hmm. I sent to Phil Ehart, the drummer in Kansas. Right. He's one of the founding members of, of Kansas. And, you know, those guys are pretty much landlocked right now I mean they're not doing anything right and I sent him that song and he called me back like a day later he says uh, you yeah. man I mean the stuff you're writing is really good and he, and he, and he wants to start a um, well he's already had a company that plays the songs in movies and um, he said I'd like to get involved with you man because you, you know he you just write some really cool stuff where was I going with that? <laughs>
2: Was the difference between oh, doing it on your own versus having some record oh, oh, company tell you what
3: to oh, do. Oh, oh, thanks, Mark. That's the difference between having it on my own. If I didn't have that song on my own to be able to give to Phil, to give it to a, to a movie, you know, to a, into a movie, I couldn't do that because right. I don't own it. Somebody right. else owns it. Somebody else has the copyright. Somebody else has paid for it. Somebody else I have to recoup for hundreds of thousands of dollars before I can have access to my own song.
0: Right.
3: On the Kickstarter project, I didn't have to do that. So it enables me to get the song out to more people with less restrictions or no restrictions.
0: Right. So now that's I, why I brought up
3: the Phil Heart thing, because he can, he can take that song and say, hey, what do you think of this for? You know, yada, yada. And I could do it before I could never do it.
0: Well, let's, let's talk about re- your relationship with Phil, because, I mean, there's some things that, that I know. Um, I'm, I'm not sure how privy it is to the to the public or how much you want to talk about it but i don't know that a lot of people know that there was talk of you possibly rejoining kansas when when steve retired or or left the band um and i know that was a tough decision for you um but um do you want do you have anything to to, to say about that i mean was it uh, uh, in your mind um did you think you made a good decision were you regretting that um are you just having oh, a it, still healthy like- decision a healthy I, made, relationship?
3: I, I, I made the decision definitely not to do it. Right. And I made the, there was a thing that came out and I think it was uh, some, some classic, some prog rock magazine in Europe that said, God told John not to join, rejoin Kansas. Was like really? <laughs> oh, <God>. oh, geez. <laughs> but you know what? It just, it, it, it wasn't right for my life. Right. It, it just, I mean, it's. I mean, those guys tour, man. They tour like crazy. Right. I mean, you you get on a you get on a bus, you get an airplane, you're gone for two months. I'm just I'm just not into that anymore.
0: No, I mean, you got You 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 play like right now. From what I witness, you play when you want to play, and you play as much as you want to play, or as little as exactly. you want to play. And um, when you're in control of your own destiny, as far as and, and not, like, I like. And I'm not just talking about financially, I'm talking about, uh, you know, professionally and because and this filling the void of anybody with, with the talent um, that, that, that you have musically, um, you, you know, you're not going to sit at home and, and waste the talents that God gave you, you're going to use them. But if you get to use them on your terms, and not someone else's terms, I think you're you feel extra blessed by being able to, to do something like that. No doubt. Yeah. I mean, every I,
2: musician's I, looking for. I mean, ultimately, wants to be able to do that,
0: right? So,
2: well, I mean, there's a lot of people that say, "Why didn't
3: you take the gig?" I mean, my friend Dave Amato and Ario, oh, you should have taken that gig, man. You're the right guy for that. I mean, I mean, you, uh, yeah. you know. And, and we had this conversation several times, me and Dave Amato. Yeah. And I said, Dave, I just I don't want to be owned. I want to own. Myself, I want to own my own time. I want to own when I make a solo, you know, as many records as I want to make, and I'm content. I mean, it's not like I'm, it's not, it's not like I'm just sitting home struggling for a gig, right? You know what I mean?
0: And I know, I know, I, I, I personally know that you you struggle with that decision at that that time. I um, I, I, I do think because it's, it's tempting. Let's let's face it, it's tempting, and you still got the pipes. Everybody know, I mean, everybody just heard coming in here you still have the pipes to do it um (laughs) maybe i know you're a little underweather right now but maybe not right now but i'm just saying that um so but i ultimately i think you made the right decision because because of all the things we just talked about i and you brought up something else important i appreciate
3: that and i think my family agrees
0: yeah i mean i I, I,
3: I sat my whole family down i said look this is what's in front of me what do you guys think And I mean. My, my my kids are, how old are they, 24, 18, and 27 now. But I sat them all down. I said, I said, Dad, do you like what you're doing? Why do you want to change horses? If you dig what you're doing, just stay on the path. Right. You know, I mean, it, it well, it wasn't that hard of a decision.
0: Well, again, you know, I think when you're choosing family first, uh, over those things and you're not doing it for the, the payola or the glamour or any of this other stuff. I think you're always making the right decision. So kudos uh, for doing that. But, you know, you, you mentioned uh, something else about about Dave Amato. I, I'm not sure a lot of people know your relationship with Dave Amato, but, you know, Dave played with you in Mastodon. Um, now, I know he, he played in on the your most recent uh, version of, of Mastodon, but but did you play with him earlier as well? Or how long have you known Dave?
3: I've known Dave 35 years.
0: Wow. Okay. So about as long as me and Mark have known each other. <laughs>
3: <Almost>. <laughs> in fact, they, they, here's how I met David Motto. I walked into a, a I think where I was on a recess from a tour with Kansas. My, um, my personal friend and personal roadie was with me. We went out to a club and we're sitting and there's nobody in the club. And there's this band with David Motto uh, Jonathan Cain's brother, who they call Muggs, is on drums. And they start firing up fire with fire. It's like, what?
0: <laughs> Wait, they're covering your song? <laughs> well,
3: yeah, you know, I was, I was the only one there. How can they not notice? <laughs> <laughs> That's so, funny. As soon as they finish the song, you know, they introduce me and say, John, if you, want, if you want us to do it again, man, come up and sing. It's like, oh, I have to now. <laughs> so ever since then, I was, I've been best friends with Dave Amato. He's a dear friend. Yeah, and um, actually, David modeled the very, very first showcase after I left Kansas. We did for Geffen Records. Uh, he was my guitar player, and uh, what's her name? Betty Davis eyes. Um,
0: yeah, Kim Carnes. Uh, Kim Carnes Karn
3: was yeah. there. She stole them out of my band. <laughs> and then we did another showcase about a year and a half later, and in comes. The guys with, uh, I think it was uh, MCA Records, was Cher. In comes Walkin' Cher. Yeah. <laughs> and then she stole Dave Amato. <laughs>
0: <laughs> <Nice>. <laughs> not the way it is. The
3: next thing I know, he's with Ted Nugent and then he's with um, Bon Jovi's guitar player. What's his name?
0: I mean, I'm not uh, Richie Sam. I mean, yeah.
3: Richie Sam. You know, I'm in the early stages of the Manchester Fellows. <laughs> uh, <laughs> You're not no, that old not yet.
0: <laughs>
3: um, so then they steal them, and but they, I mean this is all in good fun, man. I, I was so happy every 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 time David Motto reached a different plateau. I was so happy for him, man. Right. And then he joined REO. He's been with REO thirty years.
0: Oh, I know, forever. I mean, Gary Richrath has been out for a while, so he's he was, you know, the, Gary's replacement. So. Uh, been there forever. Oh, so, Dave,
3: Dave's great, man.
0: Yeah. He seems like a really nice guy as well.
3: He was, he, I, I talked to him a couple nights ago and we can never have short conversations or as we long. He said, I said, dad, Dave, I'm making a new record. He went, what? <laughs> can't, I, I can't repeat his vernacular, but what are you talking about? Well, what, what, come on, I'm playing on it. Well, you gonna yeah. send it to me. Come on, man. What the heck's wrong with you? <laughs> Dave, it's just, all, it's just all unfolding, you know, by itself.
0: Well, you, I mean, you seem to gather around a lot of uh, very uh, strong musicians. Uh, you know, John Schlitt, I know he's really good friends with him. Yeah. And, uh, but, you know, at the band that I, one of the tightest bands I think you play with and musicians you play with that nobody, I don't want to say nobody, but not a lot of people have heard of is SixWire. And those guys in Sixwire are pretty, Pretty darn talented man, they're they they're, oh, uh, gosh, they're so tight. One of those guys in that band has
3: a major pedigree.
0: Yeah, was
2: it was that a band that, if I remember correctly, years ago there was sort of like a battle to bands TV show yeah. like on a Friday yeah, night, it, it and they were a, country like, band that went yeah, to it like the a, finals,
0: best band in America or something America's like
2: that? America's
0: yeah. greatest, yeah, America's greatest band or something right. like that. Yeah, they yeah. were really good. Yeah, well, that's uh, they backed John a lot, and uh. Uh-huh. I mean, John, you played it, though. I Pat, do. I
3: probably do 25 shows a year with those guys.
0: And uh, you, you, you do the uh, Patrick Warburton uh, charity golf event uh, with, with them. Uh, Patrick, again, I mean, I just have an affinity for St. Jude Hospital. I, I love the work that they do. And for him to raise that money for St. Jude and Patrick, I know from other people that I know that know him, a really solid stand-up guy, but that's supposed to be a really fun event. They have had a lot of big talented people play oh, man. that event. Uh, you know. Uh, Robbie Krieger so, from The Doors even has played her multiple times. I mean, now you can go on and on mentioning the the, the people that played Paul that M- event.
3: G- Huey Lewis. Yeah. Um Tommy Johnson, the original singer in the doobies. Um, who's the guy from um uh, um. Oh gosh! Just some serious player. Um, um, Alice Cooper, of course.
0: Yeah. I mean, Alex, you,
3: Likes, Alex Lifeson. From I,
0: I, really, I never saw him there. That's that's awesome. Steven
3: Steven Stills. Right. I mean, I look over like that's Steven Stills. He's
0: going. <laughs> <laughs> like, wow. Well, I mean, you know, you're always in good company. I mean, you you played the the Kentucky Derby what a couple of times now. The the gala, the big red carpet gala event. How many times? four times four times now so i mean and i know we won't we won't go down the road you told me there's a really funny 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 story about robin thick that was hysterical oh my god i i just might drop into my knee we won't call him he'll probably never see this but we don't have to get on that story but you had a great story about robin thick uh and dennis DeYoung uh during uh, the first i think it was the first time i I
3: never had the pleasure of meeting him personally right but, no, you, sure but
0: you met his entourage. I, I met <laughs>
3: entourage,
0: yes. Uh, can we can we just talk a little bit about it? just like a second? They're never going to see this, but I, we won't have to go into the whole story. But it was based. They, they,
3: were, they were pompous, man.
0: Oh, it was his, it was his entourage coming in, basically saying, you know, that that. Uh, well, you tell me, like like nobody bother Robin because he's what.
3: We <laughs> each had a half an hour sound check. Right, and me and Dennis D. Young were waiting on the sidelines. Because it was going to be Robin Thicke, and then Dennis, and I wanted to see—I wanted to see Dennis's sound check. Right. And then it was going to be me. I mean, Dennis had his stuff yeah. down. He's a pro. It probably was going to take fifteen minutes. Right. And I was going to do my sound check with the band, but Robin Thicke's band came up, and they didn't know a song, so they they rehearsed for close to three hours.
0: <laughs> instead of a sound check, <laughs> it was a rehearsal instead of a sound check.
3: And, and what they did, it was like they put like this barrage of people around them, like. So nobody would shut him down.
0: <laughs> but
3: um, it, was, it was crazy.
0: Yeah. I mean, do you said something like his entourage said something about, you know, don't bother Robin because he's been nominated for so many Grammys. And you like thought in your head, like you just wanted to tell them, well yeah, well, I, I have four Grammys. So <laughs> whatever. I mean, but, you know, obviously being the, the Christian you are. But, <laughs> and that's, that's something you could have easily thrown in their face. I've been
3: tempted to say a lot of things, but I, 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 I refrain these days.
0: I, but, yeah, I mean, it just goes to show you what other people are like in this industry. You know, you can either walk the, walk the humble road or walk the, the road of, like, I don't know anybody else because there's nobody else who can touch me road. And, uh, you know, God bless you for the road that you walk, which is the humble well, road. Well, you know so.
3: what was sad about Robin is, is, I mean, the guy's talented, man. Yeah. And the guy's really talented. And when he went on, my wife and I are sitting in the back because I had already done my set. And we're sitting in the back and he does this one hit song. And then nobody else knew anything else he was playing. <laughs> exactly.
2: <laughs> I, I don't even like the hit, but I know a lot of. Obviously, I was on the charts. For, well, he got sued for I, six million bucks for that. Yeah, so I remember But what I lo- what I didn't like so much about him, which got on my nerves, was when did he get caught? Like he he was getting divorced. His wife was divorcing him. I think he was running around. And that, and then all of a sudden in all of his concerts, they're recording him. He's pleading to take for her to take him back on every, you know, he just made it. Yeah. And he went on talk shows and plead. I mean, he just went out there was just like begging in front of the camp every night, every show. It probably was right after that hit hit song, because then nobody, probably everybody else started walking out and leaving. (laughs) I I mean, he went to like, I'm, I mean, it was like a, it was like a six-month promotion of him just doing nothing but just begging in front of his audience to bring for her to come back, and of course, she never came back. I don't.
3: I, I don't. Well, I think he realizes now what a mistake that Miley Cyrus thing was.
0: Oh, I think Miley Cyrus finally realizes what a mistake that was too. Uh, thankfully, I think she's thankfully trying to turn her life around, but
3: um. I mean, I was. I was. I don't even think my kids were in the room and, and my wife and I were blushing. It's like, what? Oh, that
0: was what pathetic. That? I mean, it was absolutely pathetic. And uh, it's, what's funny was just uh, this past weekend, uh, my daughter who goes to Penn State, um, uh, Billy Ray Cyrus did a special acoustic live. How's stream. their team doing? What's that? Uh,
3: How's their team
0: doing? Let's, let's not talk about it. They suck. Uh, oh, my gosh. But um, they, uh, anyways, so Billy Ray Cyrus was playing uh, just for the Penn State students uh, over the weekend. And it looked like he was like sitting in the corner of like an attic somewhere and playing acoustic guitar. But, um, you know, that guy is just, you know, you wonder like that that Miley, that that apple fell so far from the tree. (laughs) from where Billy Ray is. Uh, Billy Ray's, I mean, he's singing Amazing Grace on this, on, you know, on his uh, streaming, you know what I mean, for these kids at Penn State and stuff, and I'm thinking myself, and then I started talking to my daughter, and she, she's like, Miley's not the same Miley she used to be. She's changed a lot. I'm like, oh, I haven't I'll tell you, she, to it. She
2: can definitely sing though, man. Like oh, her. she's got so she much
0: talent. Right. She's got well, so much talent.
2: On that music show that she's on, what is it? She's doing a voice now, and she seems actually pretty Pretty cool with everybody. You know what I mean? She, seem, she seems oh, she, to she, be doing everything she can to I'm help hoping these she comes around. Along. I'm hoping well, you she know,
3: comes around. I'll, I'll, I'll draw a good example, of, I, I think, hopefully. Uh, she's young, man. What is she, 25?
0: She's something like that. Yeah, she, she, she's very young. When I was 25. Yeah. I couldn't tie
3: my shoes. <laughs> <Yeah>. I mean, <laughs> well, <I'm>,
0: exactly. <laughs> I think
3: that, um, and if anybody, if anybody disputes this, they're lying. My brother Dino discovered Katy Perry. Really, her name was Katie Hudson. Right, I know that. saw her Saw her at a church in L.A. She was warming up a, a five band showcase. She was only the warm up. She did three songs on acoustic, yada yada. And the showcase got over with. And my brother Dino said, "Who's that little girl that warmed up the show?" Oh, that's Katie Hudson. Or, you know, her and her parents are part of the church. And he said can I meet with her? And so I think he stayed, he stayed over a day after and met with her and her parents. And then she flew out to Nashville and we signed her to our label and she did two records for us. But I see uh, to make, you know, to fast forward, I see her. I see Katy Perry coming around.
0: Really? I hope so.
3: And as a believer in Christ, we need to keep her in prayer because she's a big influence over young gals.
0: Yeah, much like Myrie, Miley, but I mean, yeah, I mean, she was when before she became known as Katy Perry, she was uh, singing. Uh, she sang a song with P.O.D., you know, um, back up, and she was going down that road. She was going down that 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 Christian music road, and well, she way... took,
3: she definitely took a left turn, obviously. Yeah, yeah. Well, so, you know what? Uh, she's not. <clears throat> she, I think she's going to come back around. I, I, I mean. I would have to say that we're we're gonna all be blown away when she comes back around. I think she's gonna come back around in a big way.
0: I I love it that these young girls, like I said, that do have the revelation. I mean, uh, you have um, oh crap, what's her name that was on uh, Wizards of Waverly Place? My my daughters are gonna disown me for not remembering her name. Um, I'll I'll think of it in a second. But anyways, like that that um, that she is now. Like singing and like there's there's viral videos of her singing in church, you know, and, and singing gospel music and stuff like that. Oh, uh, Selena Gomez, and oh uh, really? Yeah, there's, there's 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 viral videos of her singing uh, gospel music in church, and I'm like that. That just like warms my heart that that those that they're being touched at that early age to be influenced you, to go down are, that road.
3: Michael, you know, it's interesting. You say I'll tell you what I think happens because I've been there. Yeah. You get there, so to speak. Make a lot of money. I mean, I've I've never been as you know as popular as Katy Perry or Selena Gomez, but you get there, you get to the top and you go, "Wow. Um, is this all it is? Is this the pinnacle of everything?" And then you start questioning yourself going, am I supposed to be happier now because I have millions of dollars and I have millions of fake friends? I mean, is this all there is? I mean, that that's where I went. And I, I I think people, you know, people like that just, they start realizing that, you know, there's gotta be more to it than this. I mean, can this possibly be a lie I bought into that doesn't mean stop. That doesn't mean you stop making records and you stop singing et cetera et cetera well especially
0: well, the, the only thing like you should be questioning yourself is like when you're in the middle of making the video for fight fire with fire did you question anybody to say what the hell are we doing here what is this video
3: about? We jump to that <laughs> i'm sorry i know that, that's one of the did you have a problem, have a problem with that big mosquito
0: <laughs> was that a mosquito dog uh, I mean, you yeah, 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 I know, but, but it, it, it was so, but here's the great thing about that video. I, I'm one, like, I remember watching that video about a year or so ago. Can
3: <laughs> you give me a little, my uncle's <laughs> was used you give me a little
0: scaffoon? I, I will say this, it is so 80s that's that video that it's like, I wish that someone right now would it make was a video. 80s. I, I get that, but I, I wish that someone right now would make an homage to those 80s videos that just made no sense. Like, you know, Rocky, like a hurricane video and stuff like that. Well, it was
2: better than men with hats, men without <laughs> hats. And anything was better, better than them, <laughs> in my opinion, anyhow.
0: But no, I'm just ripping. I'm ripping on you. That was just, it was a very 80s uh-huh. video, man. But what, like, I'm wondering what goes through the, 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 the artist's mind of, like, what are we doing here? What are we actually doing? Or are you just, like, following orders? You're like, okay, we, we do this, we're doing that. This. We were just
3: following orders.
0: It's right. <laughs> <laughs> pretty funny, though.
3: We didn't know what the end result, that, what, you know, that they had in their mind. We, right. we, didn't, we didn't have any
0: idea. Uh, you wish you had creative, like, control over stuff like that back did then. Do you
3: have any folks in the room with us tonight? Any what? Do you have any folks
2: in the room with us tonight?
0: Any folks? No, it's just us right now, and, and our viewing audience. And honestly.
2: my dog's on my uh, couch. I'm down in my basement mm-hmm. in my music room. But is anybody here.
0: watching the show? Not live, and they'll, they'll watch it next week whenever this thing oh, okay. airs. So uh, yeah. but we well, have always, we have we have, love, we have thousands of viewers. So
3: I always love taking live questions.
0: Yeah, no, we can't do that on this show. we've We've talked about doing an actual live show, and maybe we'll get around to doing that maybe in uh, our second season. This actually, by the way, is our our uh, finale for this year, our first season wrap up. And that's why we're making it like an extra long uh, episode uh, featuring uh, the the wonderful John Alfonte here and Lacey Sturm coming up a little bit later. Uh, We wanted to go out big, go out because 2020 just needs some sort of big exit, you know, and what better way to do that with them with you guys on here on the show. I appreciate that. But, uh, you know, I mean, and, you know, I, you know, you need to get back. I mean, when things start getting back to normal, you need to get your butt back to Pittsburgh or I need to get back down to Nashville. I will say, though, that the last time you were here was about five years ago and we hung out together. The last time I was in Nashville, you blew me off. So that's (laughs) You know, that's all I got to say about that.
3: Hey, you know what? <laughs> what can I say?
0: Well, you know, I, you
3: I, don't, a little
0: <laughs> I don't blame you for that. Hey, uh, as far as, uh, you know, I know like you go out and you like your big thing right now is uh, you do a lot of th- these classic rock shows when you were making when, you know, before the COVID shutdown, you were doing these classic rock shows. A lot of them and uh you know i know that like even when you were in pittsburgh you 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 were playing with the the the, like the symphony here but then you had a band but then you were doing not just kansas stuff but you were doing journey stuff you're doing all kind of old classic rock stuff toto whatever um but so when you're when you're you, you still got your pipes but is there um is there something like there's is there a kansas song that you like want to do live that you just can't do anymore that you wish you could do or, or is everything in the, in the, on the the the
3: table? I mean, when I go out, I just try to do the most popular ones. Point "Point in a return. Wayward son. Hold on. Fire," fire, play the game tonight. My,
0: my personal favorite song that you've ever done is, uh, and since the time you did this, chasing shadows, Shadows, just my ultimate favorite Kansas, John Elefante, Kansas song. Uh, that there is. Uh, what I about? You? Up on. Do, do you have a favorite song, or is that your favorite song?
3: I used to love singing a song that I didn't originally sing, and I didn't write. Called "No One Together."
0: Oh, great song. Love that song. But uh, and
3: you back when ways, men and the who can count a good man when they're gone. Yeah, the I remember. In- yeah. I don't know the words.
0: I remember when I first, uh, when I was a youngster, I learned that whole uh, song on on the uh, the bass, that and "Song for America." When I learned it <laughs> <that> on <laughs> the bass, <laughs> yeah. I mean, I, so many people think of, uh, you know. They 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 put Kansas in this little box of like like five songs you know dust in the wind and pointing no return and 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 uh, carry on away with not a real they they I mean like Kansas is a really, they're a progressive rock band and if you you know that by listening to the music and listening to those bass riffs and listening to the drums and the and the keyboards and it's really progressive for especially for its time
3: you know I still I still talk to Carrie all the time
0: yeah well I know you got a great relationship with Carrie yeah.
3: I, I sang on uh, uh, three songs recently on a solo record he's putting out, and I sang on um, the voice of Lazarus on his cantata.
0: Well, was, was he? Um, am I remembering correctly? Did he uh, help out with one or, or two things with uh, on the way to the sun, or was he was he involved no, he, with on the way?
3: No, on my way to the sun was Rich Williams. And oh yeah yeah yeah. Okay. David Ragsdale.
0: Yeah, and there, there's a the couple songs that, on there that are very Kansas-ish.
3: Yeah. The record that Carrie played on was, we just released it on an LP. It's a double album. Have you seen it?
0: Uh, the uh, Was it Mastodon? Mastodon, 3. Mastodon? Yeah, the new Mastodon, right. I, I haven't heard any of the music on it.
3: Mastodon 3, which, which came out 2010, I believe.
0: Oh, wait, maybe that. Yeah, I did hear that. I thought this was a new one that you guys released, so... This is the one then, back when um, we had Dave, like, Dave Amata back in the band and stuff. Yeah, I remember that.
3: Right, Dave was on that record. Kerry Ligon played on it. Okay. Um, but we just put it on an LP. It's a double record. It's, it's I, awesome. I
0: saw your post on it. It looked pretty, like the LP looked pretty cool, man. It looked pretty badass.
3: Yeah, it's, it's, it's really badass. I just got it. Um, I got it in the mail. I was blown away.
0: Yeah. That's awesome. So, um, I mean, how many songs do you think are going to be on this new uh, record of yours uh, you've got coming out? I mean, do you have a title picked out yet for the album or is it still up in the air or?
3: Um, We're still we're still kind of floating it all around.
0: So what are you you thinking Um, about? Ten tracks or or more or eleven tracks? Yeah, I think well, since it's been what? What do we say? 2013 from On My Way to the Sun, so seven years. I think uh, people are itching for something new from you. I mean,
3: it's it's gonna be a, it's gonna be a cool record. I mean, it's.
0: I know through the years you've you've done like one offs and stuff like that. Um, especially since this is Christmas time, if anybody wants to hear John, uh, there's plenty of Christmas music out there that John has done over the years. Uh, you know, Silent Night, Oh, Come All You Faithful, and even uh, you did a the cover of the the Charlie Brown classic Christmas time is here, which oh, is great. Great version of that song too, by the Are way, you guys
3: I, still see me. Cause I lost you. No, I see you. No, we see you.
0: Yeah. I don't know. So, okay, let me, um... but, um, so there's plenty of, uh, uh, of Christmas stuff out there for, for the fans to go and catch, uh, whether you want to look it up on YouTube or iTunes, or I'm sure it's available somewhere. Sometimes those those old, Um, one-off songs aren't available on iTunes or Spotify or anything like that, but you can sometimes find them uh, via YouTube. Somebody posts them.
2: A lot of times
1: uh,
2: I I don't know. I subscribe to YouTube music, which used to be Google play. Now they're pushing everybody over to YouTube. There's a, there's stuff there.
0: Yeah. Hmm. All right. Well, John, is there anything else you want to uh, promote for anybody? Why don't you, we uh, you at least uh, put up your, uh, we'll we'll say uh, your, your Facebook page, uh, what is, what is it at John Elfonte?
3: Yeah, JohnElfonte.com, But there's, there's really no, we haven't posted anything new because we have a lot of stuff coming out that's new,
0: right? And when um, uh, when, when the new album comes out, is it uh, going to be available for like you know on iTunes and Spotify oh, yeah. or and all those? Uh...
3: We're going to do a full LP, uh, CD, a track cassette. No, I'm just kidding.
1: <laughs> I was going to say, I haven't,
2: <laughs> heard, I haven't heard anybody trying to bring back the 8-track. Well... My, hey, why, why the heck not, right? What I always hated you know. was when you would have a, one of your favorite songs, and every now and then you'd get that 8-track where that song would end on a one track and fade out, and you wait for it to click over, and it would start back <laughs> up. I mean, that was just ridiculous. <laughs> they could have come up with something better.
0: I like whenever uh, you try to uh, find uh, find the one song on the cassette that you wanted to listen to, and it's like... Tss- <laughs> Nope, I'll I'll never
3: forget. I'll never forget the Yes record. I mean, roundabout morning, summer, down and down and then and out the (laughs)
1: yeah,
0: (laughs) well, yeah, those I mean, we don't uh, in, in the digital world, and uh, even well, even with the CDs when they first came out, we don't really have to deal with that anymore. Thank, thank God.
3: Well guys, but, um, let's all pray that 2021 is better than 2020. It's it's absolutely. gotta be, dude.
0: It's it just has to be. It actually, absolutely absolutely has to be.
2: Nine months.
0: Um you know, like I said, with the with uh, my we, last
2: my last show was
3: oh, it was it was Six Wire, Saint Jude? Um March ninth.
0: Well, I heard uh news coming out of uh I think it was um was it live events or was it uh, Ticketmaster
3: Live Nation.
0: Live Nation. Live Nation said that uh, they foresee a way to bring live concerts back and by summer of 2021. Yeah, so and they're,
3: they're talking about doing. Um, COVID tests before you can get in the building.
0: Well, right now they're doing something scientific where they're they're doing research on uh, the aerosol releasing of uh, of you know, massive amounts of people together and what the reaction of that is so that they can find a way to better protect the people in the crowd, uh, you know, during that. And as well as, you know, scanning people for fevers and stuff like that coming into the show. But they seem very optimistic that they can bring live uh, concerts back by summer of 2021. So let's pray that that happens. And, uh, that, you know, you, you need to get back on the road. And... Um, I lost...
3: Gosh, I had 30 or 35 shows booked.
0: Yeah. Well, if things get ever too bad, you can oh, sell a few of those gold records me, behind you there.
3: My wife's getting real tired
0: of me. <laughs> <laughs> I think that's a, that's a story around the world, isn't it? <laughs> There's a whole lot I mean, of wives that like, were like, tired false of their husbands.
3: She, she's finding faults with me that I didn't even know I had. <laughs>
0: Well, you know, I mean, the, the, we're we all trying to find new hobbies and stuff like that. Well, that that's that's what spawned this whole entire show is uh, was COVID. If it wasn't yeah. for COVID, we wouldn't have the Black Brain Show. So actually, it's not a bad thing overall. But uh, we're we're looking for a, a brighter 2021. And uh, look, we all know at the end of the day, who's in charge. That man is still Don't on my the throne. Memory of 20,
3: my memory of 2020 is going to be. our show. (laughs) You're not gonna believe this. The Hallmark Channel.
0: What?
2: You watch a lot of those. I love it. Christmas.
3: I know what's gonna happen. It's a no-brainer. I don't have to think.
0: (laughs) (laughs) You you were watching those Christmas shows in July when they were showing them, weren't you?
3: Oh, you know it. You know what? I've, I've become real good friends with this guy that's like got a hundred million dollar contract in, in Las Vegas. His name's Terry Bader. Have you seen that guy?
0: Oh, yeah. America's Got Talent. Yeah. Yeah. Second He's season champ. Good
3: friends. We're texting each other back and forth every day. Him and I are Hallmark buddies. Him and his wife are like Hallmark. Right. We've seen all this. Uh, what am I talking about? I mean, it's this. <laughs> you know, it, it's so different, it's so yeah. detached from reality.
0: Kind of like The Bachelorette. Like, why don't you be watching that? You might as well be watching The Bachelorette.
3: (laughs) It's it's so detached from reality that it's soothing.
0: Oh, man. John, listen to me, buddy. You need to get out. (laughs) You need need to get out of the house. (laughs) (laughs) We went
3: out to dinner last
0: night. Oh, you mean you have dine-in places down there? Because our our jackass governor shut everything down. We can't dine in anywhere here. So... At least you got that going for well, you. I, I
3: think uh, I think we could do fifty percent capacity.
0: Yeah, well, we could until Saturday. So the Saturday um, we got they, they, we they got pulled, shut down.
3: They pulled the rug out. Yeah,
0: again, again, even after a court already came in and and told him, slapped his hand, said you can't do that because it's unconstitutional, and he did it again, anyways. So whatever. Let's not go there because otherwise this will be a three-hour uh, episode.
3: Are <laughs> Where are you? Hey, mic- are you, you in Pennsylvania you guys in Pennsylvania
0: yeah, yeah governor President wolf uh, the i i why why the why the members uh, don't uh, there's there was talk of trying to impeach him they should otherwise we're stuck with him for two more years
2: yeah i think we're stuck with him for two uh, more the biggest problem is it's not even it's it's not the restaurants that are the problem it's the idiots that don't want to do anything is the problem no. the, the restaurants are doing what they
0: yeah exactly should be
2: doing it's the it's trying to control the idiots that are screwing it up for everybody else that aren't even in the restaurant.
0: Well, look, while, while we're talking about this, let's just get this out there because, and we got to wrap here, but I know that, but, um, if no, you looked, so I, look, I, all I night. looked I'm at it, <laughs> you're welcome to stay on. I don't care if we lose anybody or if we you gain more people. This
3: stuff, never get
0: <laughs> look, I saw that I'm, I'm a data guy. I'm a numbers guy. Mark will tell you this. And he and I have talked a lot you about do. numbers and data and stuff like this. Right. You, you know, they, uh, they came out with a, this, uh, the um, numbers for contact tracing. And the number one contact tracing of people having COVID is from fa- large family get-togethers and gatherings and stuff like this. The second is like events where people are gathered together. You know what's near the bottom of the list of contact tracing? Restaurants and bars. It's like 1% people getting COVID from going to restaurants and bars, where is the science and data to say, don't go to restaurants and bars because you may get COVID. If only 1% of the people that are getting COVID are getting them from restaurants and bars, you answer me that.
3: But you can go
2: riot.
0: Oh yeah. You can go riot all you want. You just can't go to a restaurant or a bar.
2: I would spend much time in restaurants or bars. Once they open, I'm surely not going to riot. <laughs> <laughs> I don't care whether it's a safer, you can get sick or not. You know, I have no, I'm not into that type of thing. You,
3: Are you know, you able to see that's... our
2: screen down there, John? Yeah. I... you able to see us again? Yeah, I can see. Okay, oh, yeah, Mike, before I forget, Mike wanted me to show you, I'm drinking this Tennessee small batch whiskey, uh, Uncle Ernest. I mean, nearest. Mike wanted me to show you this glass that I'm, I picked up I'll when I was that Christmas thing shopping. Her. It was a well, rocks glass. I'll, I'll, I'll step off it. It's a two pack for 30 bucks.
0: We got the terrible towel. We got the steal the glasses. We know you hate the Steelers. Wait, and hang on. No, I'll be right back. <laughs> oh, geez. Here we go. Look, okay. This, this has gone on long enough. I think we're going to about okay. end it right now because otherwise <laughs> this is just going to get ugly. We, Oh, geez. Oh, man. <laughs> Look at that. Not a scratch on it, which is like typical for the Titans, right? If that was a game warm, that that's probably a game warm helmet right there with uh, no blemishes on it.
3: Yeah, it's Derrick Henry.
0: Yeah. <laughs> oh yeah. What are you trying to say? That nobody touches him, right? So that's that's why there's no blemishes on the helmet, Derek, Nobody can touch Derrick you know, you Henry. Know
3: what cracks me up about watching these games, guys, is they make put these masks on on the sidelines. Right. right. Yeah, they go out in the game, spit spitting each other's face. <laughs> I know they going to try to, I guess, do something. They but... take, they take the, they take the mask off, and they get out there and they're rolling around on the field, spitting each
2: other's face. I mean, come on, what?
0: I, I personally like the pipe thin crowd noise. That's my favorite. You that know, would least... be a
2: good business to get into if you could put together the right stuff to, in the studio to sell to these stadiums, or even maybe on a lower level like the smaller Division two II and three colleges. And, you know, for football games and put and pipe that sound in.
0: No, well, I don't know. Penn State needs something. They needed some sort of boost. Okay. Yeah. Tennessee. Excuse me. What's the Tennessee Titans record? What is, what's the Steelers record?
1: Oh, um, uh, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Yeah.
0: yeah. <laughs> okay. Well, the last couple of weeks, yes, they, the Steelers have stunk, but uh, we, we were. Yeah, they always
3: come through, though.
0: Yeah, we're going. We're, we're going to come Can't through. Can't put them right? down. And John and I love ribbing each other during uh, Predators and Steelers and Titans games and stuff like that, and it's all in good fun. Um, I don't know where know.
3: hockey's going, man. Jeez.
0: Well, they're 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 starting the new season supposedly uh, early not January. Be
3: arenas, right?
0: No, I mean, but it'll be like the like it was before. But um, we'll see. You know, I'm, I'm. You know, we're hockey fans. We're football fans. So I'm looking around the room to see if I
3: have any Pred stuff. Oh, I'll show you this though.
0: I know what you don't have. You don't have a Stanley Cup, anything. I have this. Well, yeah, you got Jerry Rice there. All
3: uh, right.
0: Pretty okay. Cool, huh? Well, why? Why is there a Giants sign behind Jerry Rice? I don't know. That was your, your wishful thinking that he played for the Giants, maybe. That was
3: at the Super Bowl in '99. It was. It was that. Uh, what do they call that? Little bonanza that they do at Super Bowl. The, I mean, when the Titans went to the Super Bowl in '99 with the Rams, they have yeah. all these. You know, yeah, these I know. What he, I yeah, can't remember game, what yeah. it's
2: called.
0: Yeah, they have like their press week or whatever. they
3: I got to throw a pass to him, and he dropped it.
0: Probably, probably was thrown three feet over his head. It
3: <laughs> <laughs> he was thrown at his feet. <laughs>
0: <laughs> well, that makes just about as much sense. So, all right, John. Hey, well, thanks so much for coming on the show here. We really appreciate it. And when you're, uh, when your new album comes out, I think we'll have to have you back. Oh, on I, want, we'll... I
3: want to dig around a little more here. Well, I want <laughs> go.
0: We got plenty of time to do that via text messages. You will you know, there's, no, I appreciate there's, there's, it, there's yeah. still, there's still some football left over. And uh, look, I, I, you know, God willing that the things who are going to eventually, I'm not a fan of the new normal. I don't believe there's a new normal. I think we will get back to okay. what it was before, and uh yeah. you'll be playing in front of people. As I said before, I could stand on one leg for five years. I could, you know, whatever. I blink my eyes five years go by. Look, my daughter's in college for crying out loud. She was just born the other day from you know, you know what I'm <laughs> you're you're a grandfather now for crying. You've been a grandfather for a couple of years already, you know. Yeah, come on. I mean, you know what I'm talking about here. Yeah,
3: let's but, see. Yeah.
0: So it, it won't be long uh for before you're back out uh playing in front of the crowds again. So, can you see that? Oh, look at that! How old is she?
3: Two and a half.
0: Two and a half. Okay. Well, you're blessed. You're blessed. Look at that. Beautiful. Beauty. Takes after uh, her her grandmother. Well. And, and mother. <laughs> <laughs> not, not after her grandfather.
3: <laughs> Actually, my daughter's adopted, so I. I, I know.
0: Well, I know that. <laughs> We know the well if hey if anybody wants to know the story of that just go uh, watch the the long version of uh, this time by John Elfonte from On My Way of the Sun you'll hear the whole backstory uh, behind that song I recommend it to everybody um, it's a wonderful heart touching story about uh, how he uh, adopted his his daughter a little, a little
3: disturbing how YouTube took three million views away from us
0: but well you know again you got to take that with a grain of sand because that's just YouTube and they stink you no know, but
3: the you're... Michael I don't care as long as it's... I know.
0: Everybody knows what you did. You know, you were on Mike Huckabee, and when you were on Mike Huckabee, you know, a million people saw it just off of that show alone. So uh, pe- people know the song. They know the story. But if you, if you want to seek it out, if you haven't heard it yet, go to YouTube and search for uh, this time and watch the long version of it, and, and uh, you'll, you'll hear the story behind it. And uh, John, uh, you're a brother in Christ, uh, a good friend, and I uh, appreciate you coming on the show. And I uh, love you. And um hope you have a Merry Christmas and uh and a very blessed new year for you and your whole entire family. And we uh, well, like I said, we'll circle back around with you when your album comes out. And I hope that it does uh, tremendous idea. for you. All right, and uh stay tuned. We'll have uh, Lacey Sturm and Josh Sturm coming up next on this expanded edition of the Blabber Brain show. We'll be right back. Blabber brains. Welcome back to the season finale of the Blabber Brain Show, and uh, we are really excited to bring in our next guest, uh, the legendary vocalist, uh, author, uh, okay. songwriter. Uh, yeah, I mean, look, you're, you're, at, at this point in time, you're both legendary. Lacey and Josh Stern, ladies and gentlemen. Let's give a nice big round. Of applause. Thank
4: you, guys. We're one now. We've been married almost 13 years. now.) So. <laughs> we're kind of one now i get to take all of her accolades
0: with me <laughs> did, did it did it take 13 years to get there
4: uh yeah actually, ah, did. <laughs>
0: <laughs> all the 13 years okay well that's but awesome you have
2: to kind of combine your names like all the other famous people out there yeah our
0: couples what, what would that combo be uh um,
4: it's not
0: very cute Joshie no <laughs> La Leish. Leishua, Laish. <laughs> Maybe. Know. Know. Doesn't Let's seem to roll shoot. off the tongue, guys. Doesn't. Doesn't. i will have to try to figure something else out. Anyways, so uh, yeah, it's awesome having you guys on. Um, you know, this is these are crazy times, right? So we we need inspirational people to uh, you know lift everybody up uh, from the tough times that we're in right now. And uh, you know, I can't think of anybody I personally know that's that's more inspiring then not just lacy because of your your life and because of your music but josh you as well um uh, you know you guys uh you know doing the reflect love back and everything um you know that's really inspiring for everybody but uh musically i mean you guys really are a, a team and you've been a team for for a while um so uh, how does that work like musically when you guys are, are working together? Is it, Lacey comes up with the idea, you come up with the idea, is it, is it split, is it working together? It's Because uh, whenever, whenever I see you guys doing live streams, and it's almost just like, and you're doing just things off the cuff, and it just seems like so natural, and you're just like diddling around and stuff. So well, how does it usually also, work?
4: That also took 13 years for us to <laughs> <think>. <laughs> <laughs> We fought every time we tried to play music together. Well, first of all, we never played music together for like the first four or five years. No, wait, how long? Probably four or five years of our marriage. We never played music together.
0: Wow.
4: Things she did, you know, because she was leaving Flyleaf and I was quit playing music at the time. So it just, it was an obvious thing. We just never did it. And then right. we tried doing it and uh, had very different approaches, right? What's your approach?
5: Well, I think our problem was we were both trying to, Follow the other one.
4: Accommodate each other,
5: and it's just so frustrating. I'm like, I'm trying to do what you're doing, and he's like, Well, I'm not doing anything. I'm trying to do what you're doing, and I'm like,
4: Does <laughs> it work? Hold the leader, and nobody's leading, type <laughs> right. thing. Yeah. And honestly, we we fought every time, and then we finally figured out she just, you know, had had said that one day, and I finally figured, okay, I'm just gonna play what I think is good, and if she doesn't like it, she'll tell me to change it. Yeah. Cause I'd change it. Cause I thought she didn't like it. She goes, why'd you change that? You know, and, and <laughs> put the guitar down, I don't want to do this anymore. Type of thing. <laughs> it was not easy. Listen, if you if, uh, yeah. Lots of things in marriage are not easy writing music together and playing. Yeah. That took us at least 10 years to be able to like flow like that. And actually,
5: and he's like, and I'm like, can you play this song? Like on stage? He's like, I didn't, I didn't work that. I don't, I didn't, pray for, I didn't practice, you know, like that's, that song's right. not in the set. What are you talking about? I'm like, right. I just, I just wanted to see me play it
1: yeah
0: yeah. there are you know those of us that, that you know we we don't just know every single song in the whole entire history of the universe it's just you know <laughs> we gotta learn certain certain things <laughs> I, and so like, not- well i mean like i mean right now nobody's playing out or doing anything um you know, I, and I know you guys are, are trying to keep busy with doing stuff. And I know you, you know, Josh, you're, you're recording in the studio. Lacey, you've been writing and stuff like that. But uh, are you guys still prepping for the time when you can go back out? Or are you you're still building on on new songs and stuff like that?
4: I'm not counting on being able to go out again. Which okay. Maybe that sounds a little uh, grim. Fascinistic. <laughs> Fascinistic. Um, But honestly... I've I've always enjoyed just recording and writing in general. And so the touring part, I thought I loved touring, but I realized that I'm not as much of a fan of touring as I thought I was, especially having three kids. It's it's not easy. Oh, yeah. you know? it's like, and so I think that um we are writing and doing a lot of stuff right now, but I don't know that we're making many plans to be able to tour that. It's, you know, nobody can really make solid plans at the moment. Right. Um, we are proceeding forward with music as far as taking it to the live stage. I don't know, what does that look like?
5: I think they're sorting out ways to do that. I think probably by the time it's warm, they'll probably figure out a way to put everybody six feet apart in an arena outside, you know, or something like that. If we wanted to, but
0: yeah, I know Live no, Nation no. said they're working. Live Nation said they're they they're pretty optimistic that concerts will resume in tw- like this, by the summer of 2021. Yeah. Uh, I even heard today something about they're going to be using this technology that they're using it uh, like a lot of universities in the um, and, and pros in the uh, with sports and it's this drone type of thing that like does ultraviolet rays, uh, and kind of scans everything and, and sanitizes everything. And they're talking about like, I don't know how safe this is or whether people will be on board with it, but like, like if you have like a football stadium with fans or whatever, or, or a concert with people there, there'd be this drone flying around that's constantly scanning people. And, and and having this ultraviolet ray you know, light going out. I don't know how safe that is, but they're. They're experimenting with it right just now. Just make sure <laughs> that you
2: have that overhang wherever you're playing. Make sure there's a top and you're not yeah. out there just in case that's going on so it could ricochet off the roof. <laughs> yeah, I was going to say
5: there's going to be those people with like the tinfoil hats
2: playing.
0: They're not yeah. really going to be no, <laughs> Literally, yeah. No, um, no, my...
4: There's a Portlandia episode. <laughs> Literally, you have to watch it after it's over. There's a Portlandia episode where they talk about going to festivals and how annoying it is to park and all this other stuff. And you can just sit on your couch and wear a VR mask and fly a drone to the concert and get your own position. Oh, you can go there without being there.
0: Well, what, and, what good is that? You might as well just watch the video on YouTube or something like that. That's yeah, just dumb.
4: not too far away from what we're talking about here.
0: Right. It, I don't know. Whatever. That's annoying. Hopefully, uh, one way or the other, I think that things will, will eventually resume. Whether you guys decide to go back out or not, it's going to be you know your call, what you want to do. But as long as the music keeps flowing and keeps coming. I mean, you released uh, The Decree not long ago, which is a absolutely amazing song. And um, wish I wish we had a way to play it here right now for, for everybody. But um, just go out there and check it out on, on YouTube, everybody. Like right here. <laughs> make, that, make that
4: happen
0: i'll put that in post i'll put a link right there do it in post so uh no it's a, it's a really uh, amazing song it's it's funny because anytime i have that song on and it's just like it's kind of like this build up you know and then uh and then the scream comes in it's like you know even like gets my kids like what you know what i mean <laughs> kind of like startles them or something and uh what are you yelling you're on help right at the at the beginning there with the loud scream but it's it's i don't know i, I love that kind of stuff and um but I, one thing I want to talk about with that song because you recorded that in in your home, and I was just blown away whenever you were posting videos of uh, of Tom playing the drums like in the middle of your living room, right there. And I'm like, how does how do you get that sound that that killer drum sound like just recording it in your open living room? But then you know when you're playing some stuff for me that that you're recording, you're working with another band, um, and I, I told you this in person. I you know you have found the the, the secret or, or success of being able to get a, capture a sound that I haven't heard anybody else in Pittsburgh, everybody else in Pittsburgh just falls short of being able to capture great uh, drum sounds, good vocals, guitar sounds, you, the drums are slamming when you record them. And, and uh, I, again, I'm, I'm just in awe of how, how it sounds. But um, I mean, how long did you did you work on trying to perfect that or for trial and error with things?
4: 13 years. No, I'm just kidding. Everything <laughs> <laughs> takes 12 years to, to just scratch the surface of. Right. I mean, honestly, before we even jumped on here, I'm working on mixes like I've showed to yeah. you. Mm-hmm. And I'm struggling through them. It's like sound engineering is not something you just jump into one day. And so thank you, by the way. That's a great compliment. Um, I worked very hard on that. And uh, yeah, I don't know. I mean, I'm still learning how to do it. I, th- I think that I want to hear the thing about music that's that I love about live music is if you sit and listen to a drum kit next to you, it really doesn't sound that great. Most times you just hold your ears because the symbols are so loud. Right. It's obnoxious. Right. And then you go to a club or you hear a CD and you hear the drum sound on there and you're like, this is what it should sound like. You know, those right. those tones are in the drums. Right. You gotta find how to pull them out of them and which ones to kind of bring down. And you're you're kind of making it sound, augmenting it a little bit, making it different. But yeah, I just um on that song and the ones I'm working on now, I just make them sound the way that I want to. Hear a drum sound. I want it to kick you in the gut. You know, I want you to feel that. I want the snare just to like make you go your face. That type right. of thing.
0: So. No, I mean, um, but the, the other part of that is, uh, I just have I've, I've recorded in so many studios here in Pittsburgh, and it's they 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 fall short on the vocals as well. Yeah. Um, now obviously, it 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 takes a great vocalist to be able to lay down and get something raw. And it takes the combination of having a really sweet microphone to be able to you know, to record that, but that's not all it takes to, to to get that capture that sound. So, what else do you you guys do to to make sure you're getting the best vocal sound?
4: Um, you have a singer like Lacey? I mean, I'm, i I say that I don't say that jokingly because honestly, I'll record the exact same microphone that she sings into the exact same like chain of effects and all these different things, and it just doesn't sound great because right. I. Just, have like some people just have a great voice to record and Lacey has one of those voices that when she opens her mouth it just sounds good you know you, you don't hear how someone they say oh you're so photogenic every picture i take you looks good and other people are like i cannot get a good picture of myself or whoever it is right. i think it's the same way with the vocals and so i don't know that that's so much a critique of pittsburgh studios or maybe just a person's voice or something like that i just i think that She makes it easy. When I record her, everything sounds good.
2: Maybe it's the fact that you've been out of the area and she's not from Pittsburgh. People like me go into this. They're like, well, I want to try to get it to sound like him. I'm from Pittsburgh. And that's where they screw everything up. (laughs) But it's, it's, it's true. What Mike says, I I could, I could be listening to the radio and it doesn't matter what the band is. If it's, I could, I could pick out a local recording just like that. I'll be listening to, to the local station, the X and um. I could I hear a song start up and I could go to somebody the next time I'm like this is a local band and they're like how do you know it's a local band and at the end of the song local band so and so and it's always that same thing it's that drum sound like they're you know in a not on the other side of the building and the <laughs> and the vocals are just sort of flat and the guitar is usually super um Thin. compressed yeah, and there's no life to it or anything like that and I've listened to you know what you've had coming out of just your own studio and it doesn't sound anything like, like Pittsburgh. And I think it's just a, I think a lot of it has to like what you're saying, you have Lacey singing, but even with the drum sound and things like that, maybe it's just the fact that you've been out, you've been out of this city for, a, for a while. And you're and you hear everything. I don't know. There's just something different because I've gone like Mike says. You could go into a studio that's incredibly expensive here, and I. It's always that same thing. You could you could pick out the local recordings no matter how much money seems yep. to be spent on. I don't know, and I don't and I don't get it.
0: Yeah. and uh, another. I, I'm sorry. I'm I'm going to be asking questions that the stuff that I want to know because uh, our, our you know people watch this show that they're probably in the same uh, vein, and I you know I'm asking questions that you know everybody knows the story of everything and the, the, the stuff that you can just go on the internet and find the answers for. I don't want those answers. I want to, some of the technical juicy stuff. So like, I want to talk about like Lacey, when you're recording vocals, um, the one thing I notice is on, on a lot of songs, ending back with Flyleaf and with your, your solo stuff, there's always like these really cool layered vocals. And, um, is that something that whenever you're coming up with the, the melody line or you're recording, you already have those parts in mind or is it listening back and say, oh, this would sound really cool here and you just start layering them in? Like, what's the process for for coming up with those really cool, like, layered uh, harmonies and vocal lines and stuff?
5: Well, I think the first time we ever did that was when I was with, <laughs> did our first album with Flyleaf, um, the self-title one with Howard Benson and he... Um, he is all about the vocal. I mean, that his his claim to fame is I remember the first conversation I had with him uh, to see what he was like. And of course I didn't really have an opinion. I mean, I didn't really have a say in the end. The record label was the one that was like, this is the guy, you know, but you should talk to him, and see what you think. You know, it's kind of like whatever. But when I talked to him, he is I was like, you know, I want to be able to hear pretty much I described the way <laughs> Josh mixes, was really good. I, like. I want to be able to hear. If I want to listen to the hi-hat, I wanna hear it. You know, if I wanna to listen to whatever part of the band, I wanna be able to hear it. And and that's what I think is cool about this album. This album, and I was trying to explain it to him, and he goes, Nobody gives a crap about the hi-hat. Except he didn't say crap. He said something else. Right. Um, started with an F. No. Um, no. <laughs> nobody cares about the hi-hat. And and I was like, What? <laughs> He's like if you're on a beach and you're walking past, nobody's were like, "Hey, look at that hi hat." He's like, "They're <laughs> gonna go, who's the singer?" Right? He literally, like, I don't care about your band. <laughs> I just want to, you know, make your voice sound great. And I was like, "Well, that's not really how we roll," you right. know. Right. Lylee, you know, we're all equals, and you know, right. and and he was like, "Not to me." <laughs> oh,
1: no,
0: dude.
5: Like, okay, well but when I got in the studio I could see that the time he took on the vocals was really his main thing like he pretty much you know like he he was the one that came up with all the layers with all the you know not necessarily and and some of it was ridiculous like I'm like there's no way I can sing what you just played on the piano <laughs> I'm like right. he's eh, eh, just try it I'll fix <laughs> it <the>, just eh. <laughs> like they're like
0: Right. Well, I mean, there are some like pretty high harmonies and stuff. You and know, like
5: great, great. That's perfect. I'm like, do <laughs> it. So honestly, just to give him credit, all the layers you're talking about really is. Well, it started with him. You know, right. and him deciding, and I'm like, first of all, when he was talking about it, I'm like, I'm never gonna do that on stage. Like uh, there, and I was real protective over our live show. He goes, do whatever that you want. You know, <laughs> right. Whatever you want on live. But this yeah. is not going to be live. Like, make it be a unique experience, live. And I'm like, I will, because I'm never going to do it. <laughs> and so yeah. the songs never change. Like,
0: there, there's a live. give and take on. There's a give and take on that, and I and I understand it. And as a as a you know musician, producer, and a and a fan of music, um, I, I I understand both sides. I like when you're putting it in recording; it's there forever, and you want it to be as perfect as possible. And it doesn't matter whether that can be replicated. You know, so many people think they got to go out and be Boston or Journey or something like this and replicate that sound live, which is really cool if if you can do that. But it's also okay if you just say, we're a rock band. We're just, we're just going to, when we get on stage, we're just going to rock it out. We're going to do it the way we're going to bring you a live experience. We're not trying to make it seem like you're listening to the record when we're playing live in front of you. So I understand that, that it's okay to go do that in the studio because you know, if you have all these different, you know, parts that you're singing, you know, layering in behind you, but you don't have those people on stage doing that, that with you, um, it's, it's fine because when the majority of the time people aren't going to be watching you live, they're going to be listening to the stuff that you have, you know, recorded in the studio. That's what Howard's
5: trying to tell us. Right. And all we ever heard was, we're not listening to our album. We're just hearing us live, you know? So our experience is we're going to play what we want and it was never the same, not with Smear, Pat, Jared, James is probably similar. To right. Him. Same. Um, I never sing the same. Um, and the thing is, also, we kept the way we wrote some of the songs, even though he changed it. I remember when we got some of those things back and, um, I was like, "Why did he cut out that whole bridge? Like, that's like half the song. Like, I'm right. like, we're playing that line. <laughs> <You know>, like, <laughs> we kept it." And so, our fans that come to our shows know the difference a lot of times. But um, you know, those are different fans too. I, I feel I I realize that now that we don't tour it hardly ever, especially in Flyleaf, the fans that love the music recorded is a huge, huge. I mean, it's like it's it's just so much it's it's just as deep it's just as real for them you know but right. I don't ever meet them so I don't think about them as much as the ones I see face to face at shows and ones that always come and, you
0: know now how much how much do you think that you've gained um, new fans from your solo stuff or do you think that the bulk of those are carryover from Flyleaf or maybe it's the other way around maybe you have a lot of new, new fans that, that are just experiencing you
5: you know what's weird is I feel like this is something I feel like God did, you know, um, because I was quit flyleaf and did not plan to sing ever again on stage. Like I was right. not trying to pursue a music career. Um, but again, you know, when I was, you know, my, a little of my story that everybody could find on the internet, um, when I was 16 and, and uh, planned to end my life and had this encounter with God on that day, I knew that not only going from atheist and not believing there's God and it's all random accidents to like, God is real. He created us all and he's intentional. And that was really clear to me. And I was, and it was the, the fear of God was I had the fear of God. I was terrifying to be an atheist in front of God. Right. It's, just, it's just like, obviously any, you know, created being in front of your creator. If you ever thought about that for any length of time, it kind of blows your mind just thinking about it, but actually experiencing that for me was like, okay, I realized I didn't choose to be born, and that was your idea. And so, okay, what what am I doing here? And uh, that's kind of the seasons that change in my life. I have my own ideas. And then I always, in the end, I'm like, okay, so what do you think about this idea? Like, or like, he'll show me, (laughs) you know, like, well, that's working out. Um, But with music, particularly after I left Flyleaf, I, um, I did not think I would be back out. And the first time I was on a stage again was telling the story I just shared. Um, It really felt clear that even though I wasn't going to do music, that I needed to say yes to something that I didn't think I would do, which was tell my story. Franklin Graham asked me to come and tell that story of how I was suicidal. A lot of kids struggle with depression, suicide. And, um, and at that time I was home with my, my son, I think figure out how, how old was that? Joshua. It's a year and a half, two years.
1: Wow.
5: And um, he's like, we're going to do five shows. We went up the Mississippi river and we want you to come tell your story. You know, we'll give you 15 minutes, 10, 15 minutes. And um, the weirdest thing is like, that was a brand new audience to me. Right. And, and uh, I didn't know how to talk. I'm like, what do I do with my hands? Like, Can I just have a
4: guitar?" on. <laughs> My two months
5: <laughs> when I sing a song, I'll just sing a little song so I wrote a song for that purpose right. to actually tell my story so I could I could talk if I had a song to get me going right <laughs> so I so I wrote the reason
0: the reason yeah
5: for that purpose and then Josh encouraged me to write a book and then I got more opportunities and that opened up a bigger audience and just like mental health audience of like talking about depression and suicide and and um and that rolled into us doing another album, uh, which probably did pick up new fans. But the most random fans show up at our concerts and they're so, they're so broad. I mean, Franklin Graham's audience is broad. Right, right. You know, it's like the most random people, the whosoever's audience is so broad as well, like all kinds of music lovers that really just are there for the message because they were helped in some way. Um, no matter what
0: genre they like, and um, well, can I? I want to ask you about the whosoever's real quick. Um, and I know that, that a lot of people know about the that organization. Some people don't, but it's still going pretty strong. But um, how how did that all get off the get off the ground? I know that you and Brian Had Welsh were, were involved, but um, like, what what was the, the the nucleus of that idea? And then how did it it spring out to to do what it's doing today, which is doing remarkable work.
5: Well, we had done um, Family Values Tour with the, with Corn and the Deftones mm-hmm. um, on uh, when we one of our first big tours, I guess. Actually, it wasn't one of our first big tours. It was like right in the middle when things were going really, really crazy with All Around Me and stuff. <clears throat> but so I got to know the Deftones guys behind the scenes a little bit, and particularly Chi from the Deaf tones. Um very spiritual guy. was a bass player. Mhm. And um always wanted to talk to me about about spiritual things just and I didn't really take him that seriously cuz I didn't wasn't sure if he was sober sometimes. I'm just like, what you, like do you really want to talk about this? Like and mm-hmm. I felt like he was kind of and everybody did this to, to us, especially me. Um <clears throat> sort of pick on you because of your faith. Not just your faith, but just like see if it's real, <laughs> you know? Right. Kind of like Hmm. you know um, always wanting to you know do something that was that sort of tests you you know like the singer for corn would always be like satan loves you <laughs> i'm like oh. he's a liar <laughs> 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 and he would always say that before he walked on stage i'm like jesus loves you <laughs> yeah, that's funny. um, um it's just funny the little things like that but particularly cheat um and we talk about um god and af- the afterlife and you know, if, if, if there's a spirit, you know, and stuff and Buddhism and why, you know, why you can access the spirit realm when you're in a Buddhist and you meditate and what does that have to do with, and all these questions. And this so it's crazy because, um, then he was in a car accident, um, <clears throat> a few years later and I had toured with, Pod earlier too. One of the most uh, amazing moments meeting Sunny, and I was a dork. I was like so dumb. I was <laughs> like, oh my god, Sonny, from Pod! I was like, I don't know what to say. And I was so <laughs> starstruck. He is he is intimidating because he's so peaceful and so powerful. Like right. he's powerful people, literally like Jesus person. Like 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 the lion that loves you. <laughs> and You're like right. <laughs> you know what I mean. He's like. He's so kind and so carries such authority, such weight, just from his, the respect he has in so many realms, <laughs> rock and just, anyway, um, meeting him was a big deal for me. And, um and he was like, oh, that's so cool. You know, I, I'll just tell you one quick story about Sonny that, that I think is so funny. Um, <laughs> they were all getting tattoos. There's a tattoo guy came out on the tour. <laughs> we were touring with Stained, I think. And. And he said to me one day, he was like, well, are you going to get a tattoo? And I'm like, I'm like, well, I don't, I don't really have money to get one. Actually, I can't afford one right now. And he goes, well, listen, and he got real serious. <laughs> I, if you want a tattoo, I'll pay for it. <laughs> and he goes, and this is why, because tattoos, and there was this pause. And I was like, what is he going to say? Like, this <laughs> age moment, he goes, tattoos are cool.
0: <laughs> I <was> like, nice. <laughs> okay. what, I, what more reason do you need right yeah yeah <laughs> cool remember that kids yeah tattoos are I, cool
5: i remember my friend got a tattoo on that one and he's like i oh, want a little one right here it's like his whole arm came out and he's like i don't know how i got this big my mom's gonna kill me i've uh, never had one before anyway um but so i knew sunny and i knew chi and she had and, and Sunny Pod and Deftones had toured together before as well. They they knew each other, and um, and so she ended up getting in a car accident. He wasn't wearing his seatbelt. He was riding with his sister because he didn't have a seatbelt on at the passenger side. He ended up getting thrown, I think, out of the car and ended mm. up and in getting injured and was in a coma. And he was in this coma for a very long time. Um, the entrance ended up running out. <clears> the <throat> Deftones had to continue to tour because they could, they couldn't afford to not tour, and and so it was a really hard, just sad situation. And so um, Sonny got together, the singer for Pod, and started this movement, uh, "Pray for Chi," "One Love for Chi." And <clears throat> they had talked to Rolling Stone and MTV, and they got everybody like let them know what was going on with Chi and see if they could raise money to help pay for some of those medical bills. And they did, and they did, they they raised a lot of money and they helped, but there was tons and tons of prayer and he came out for a little while and did pretty well for a little while. And they were like reading him the Bible in there every day. And it was like this crazy thing, like people just kind of rallying together over this cause of praying and hope, bringing hope to the situation. And he got together with his friend, ryan Reese Ryan Reese was um so on fire for Jesus. his faith was brand new. he had almost died in a hotel drug for, over drug overdose like um in <clears throat> where was he Amsterdam Something like that he had this crazy demonic encounter and mm-hmm. almost died and ended up um coming home he was he was a uh he did skate demos for Circa footwear. And so he would throw these big like parties essentially where he would have these kids who were great skateboarders, you know, and he would go and do contests and then he would sponsor kids and, you know, sex, drugs, rock and roll lifestyle. His dad is the pastor of Calvary Chapel in Golden Springs, California, has his own crazy story of alcoholism coming home to kill his family and, Oh, the the wow. gun, the gun uh, hits the TV, and the TV turns on, and there's two, there's like, who's that, you know, there's <laughs> two preachers, there's two preachers <laughs> on TV, and they're they're speak, they start telling him if your life is a mess, <laughs> <you need Jesus." laughs> so his dad like gets oh, on it, gives his life to Jesus in that moment. So this wow. is Ryan's dad, and then Ryan ends up growing up crazy, you know on this tour or whatever having this demonic attack. And then, and he just wrote a book actually. And I'm, he just sent me an email with them the book so I could endorse the book. I'm so excited to do that. Um, so this is my first endorsement yeah.
1: <laughs> um,
5: for the whosoever book, Ryan's whosoever book. But um, so he got to heal. He, so Ryan was the one that orchestrated the first event, the first whosoever event with Sonny and Brian Head Welsh who has a story, his own story about overcoming addiction. Right. And um we have Sonny, his his um experience with gangs, his mom passing away with cancer, and um <clears throat> telling his story of his, you know, relationship with God, Ryan and, and the hope that he found in that, Brian Welsh talking about his experience being free from addiction, Ryan Reese talking about his demonic and freedom and the things that he went through, and then me with struggling with suicide, and atheism and depression and all that. <clears throat> and so we put on this event, we tell our stories, which we got together first just to, to raise money and pray for tea. But then it turned into us just sharing our sharing our stories and asking if anybody else needs prayer and help. And so then it turned into just helping kids that are, that just need help that just are struggling. And so it wasn't
0: even like a fundraiser or anything like that. It was just getting together to pray pretty much.
5: Yeah. Wow. So And he's in high school. He like he goes to high schools, and he goes to rehabs, and he goes to halfway houses, and he goes to like juvie detention centers, and um, these he does. He's just so raw and edgy. It's like even when I first met him, he was brand new. You know, his stories were like. Like, like, I can't get that. <laughs> you know, he's just like so real. No, he's not a church person. <laughs> you
1: know, right.
5: You're like, uh, this is a little rated R uh, here in this church. <laughs> it's
1: my rated R testimony.
5: <laughs> yeah, but he's gotten a lot more like seasoned in how he tells things, you know, not not in a churchy way still, but, still, you know, a lot less <laughs> like graphic in some parts. Right.
0: Well, also um I know that uh you know you're good friends with uh Skillet and, and Corey and, and all of them. Um and Corey, I think did she help you write the decree? Yes. You
5: guys, you guys collaborate on that?
0: You collaborated on that because you collaborated on a couple songs on your your solo CD as well. <coughs> um and then last year is also going on two years, you were asked to fill in for Jen uh <laughs> with Skillet on a on a few yeah. shows. <laughs> No. Not playing drums, although you probably could do get in there and kick some no, butt. No, they, no. But they they I they they that. gave that task to Jarb, but yeah. um I so
5: to, to take her place for sure. I know,
0: go, go figure. That's uh that's a talented girl, mm-hmm. but um so what was that like? Was there any you know part of you that was like, oh, I I don't I don't know if I should do this. I don't want to screw up, or is it was just like, yes, this is an opportunity. I'm going to get out there and kick it. Like, what was it like?
5: Well, I. I felt first of all, like, fa- like their family, you know, right. already. So the relational aspect was simple <clears throat> and they really trusted me and, and really honored me as a singer who's been doing shows for a while and their confidence in me really helped my, you know, situation, I think, because, because generally when it's my show, when it's a Lacey show or a Flyley show, I'm not worried about, I just, I'm like, okay, God, you give me this microphone. So help, you know, do whatever you want. You know, I'm not worried about if it flops. I'm, I'm not, in, if it flops, it's, it's on him. <laughs> 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 but if I'm, I find, if it flops and I'm trying to fill in for Jan, <laughs> it's like, everybody's going to look at me and right. be like, okay. So it, was, it felt a little, you know, a little different in a you know, ner- I was nervous because it's not natural to sing someone else's songs. You know, if they're your songs and you change it, it's somebody like right. else's. And and they are a very different band. They're very different in the way they do things. We're more like sloppy. Like, oh, I'm sorry, not not Josh. It's not like that. But
0: <laughs> you guys are more more just rock and roll. Let's get out there and let's just jam and let's just play. Where they've got to be yeah. kind of more precise because of the backing track. You know, the, like the music that they, they have playing there and stuff. Of, and
5: yes, they do a lot of very layered things that are right. so makes the show awesome right. it makes the show one of my one of the most I was like so the first time I saw that show I was like this show has to cost a bazillion dollars
0: <laughs> <How> <laughs> no.
5: to do this it is you a know? spectacle
0: yeah it's great and,
5: it, and I, to see it behind the scenes is really cool to see how they do it but you definitely need to know what's going on and 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 I tend to be just like <laughs> I'm in the moment, like right, I'm yeah. girl. I'm thinking about that girl in the third row that's got that green sweater on. I'm right, daydreaming <laughs> about what her life's like.
0: Sing
5: like, uh, to her by myself. And this, I have to think about. Where's Corey? Is she on the riser? When's the fire coming off? And is this <laughs> you, got,
0: you? got to you got to wor- worry about your uh, uh, your your uh, stage presence and uh choreography and stuff like that. And, exactly.
5: that she she picked out, like Corey picked out my outfit and everything. And I'm like, is this going to be okay? Is everything in the same place? You know, it's weird stuff that I never think about because I'm just so like, I get lost in our show. Like I'm totally lost. I'm not even like, I can't even, literally can't remember the show when I walk off stage. I'm lost. Like I had a spiritual experience. I'm worshiping, I'm praying for people. I'm, I'm, uh, I'm thinking about, you know, I'm literally like thinking about individuals in the show in the, con- in the, in the crowd, right. Constantly, the entire show. I'm thinking about the meaning of this song to that woman right there. And I feel like it's, I feel sort of like a clairvoyant moment. And, and it was really cool. Cause I used to have this assistant. She's nice. She really was, I called her my assistant, but she, she I, I really had her there as a prayer warrior and I had to give her the title. And she's a great makeup artist, which was a bonus. Right. <laughs> um, but she just came with us from the very beginning when we were in our 88 Ford club wagon van across going across the US, you know, she got <laughs> a little spot there by the, she's a tiny little lady. And she got her little spot there by the, by in the front bench of the van, like by the window and uh, came out, out with us like grown woman, like, career and everything took her little suitcase and left everything to come on tour with us kids who knows we're gonna right. be successful right. <laughs> <laughs> you did it.
0: Um, well there I, I i read uh you know majority of the feedback um was was very uh, uh praising of of your work and, and what you did you're always going to have the the boneheads out there. Oh, she's not Jen whatever. But majority of people and my, myself included thought you, you nailed it and did a great job. And if anybody else wants to see it, those videos are out there on, on YouTube uh, to watch Lacy uh, Lacey singing with skillet uh, and judge for yourself. I think you did a great job. Link
1: right
0: here. The link right here. <laughs> <laughs> Other side. Nobody.
5: I love the naysayers by the way. I love, well, as long as they're honest, they're just, right. trying- yeah, but I love honest people. They're my
0: I love it. <laughs> well, that is, that's, speaking a little bit more uh, of, of Corey and stuff, are you guys, is there plans to re- collaborate any more on new material or no, Right? not not right now?
4: Lacy and Corey are like a writing, it's ridiculous how quickly. Like, they wrote six songs. We've only released the decree. We're about to release the second one it's- and third one. But, like, they wrote six songs in, like, what, three days, three or four days? <laughs> it's like yeah. – they're a dynamic duo for sure. And so I think it'd be cool. I think it'd be cool to do that, but it's also cool too. We tried like on live screams, we did three different mm-hmm. sort of sessions. We did Lacey and Corey session where they wrote together. We did a session with um, a guy named David Hodges. He used to play guitar in Evanescence back in the day. Mm-hmm. He's a producer out in LA, a writer. Um, and then we did stuff where it was just our band here in Pittsburgh in the basement Nirvana style in the garage just throw the amps on and just see what comes out. So like the other two are very calculated, right. Official writing sessions. Yeah. And the other one was just like, let's just jam and see what happens. I think the only song that came from that that we used was rot. I think that was the only one that was actually from like those sessions there, but the rest were mainly for that. So I like kind of spreading that out a little bit so it doesn't have sort of the same sound, you know what I mean? Throughout the album.
0: Right.
5: Yeah. It's, it's Corey is definitely, um, I would say she's a genius. I think that is probably the best way she's just, she knows she hears things in her head constantly. She right. constantly has songs going in her head. She wakes up with songs in her head, <laughs> wakes up and looks like she's going on stage. Like she is. <laughs> I've never seen her off her game ever. Right. And I stayed there and I'm like,
0: <laughs> She's in the right field.
5: I see. Yeah, that is that is her thing. And she's excellent. She's just an ex. She's just. Persuasive. Well, it's probably
0: also a nice release too, to, to do something outside of skillet to collaborate with you. Love, Cause you know.
5: Yeah. The first time that we wrote together, she said something like, something like I, I like working on music when we're not touring to remind myself that I like it. <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, yeah. And she's one of the smartest people that I've ever met. She's really deep person she's like we get uh, we have a lot of levels that we connect uh, on and and she's just so honoring and so kind to me like I just I feel like it's too much sometimes I'm like how do you put so much trust in my opinion about that you know because I really don't know I'm not really like she's a real musician she knows like all the instruments she knows all the she knows right every Every aspect, she knows recording, she knows everything about like radio and what they can eat and blah, 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 all the things. And I'm just like, I don't know what I'm doing. Like, I don't, I don't know what the note is. I don't know how to read nothing. I don't know. I'm, I barely know how to, I mean, I know like three chords on the guitar. Like, I'm just like, I know, well, a little more than that, but I, I just think it's cra- crazy because she's just so honoring of me and she's so great about it. And that's, I think that's why we wrote together so quickly. She really trusted me. And then she's just really great at making songs. And so, and I just caught on, I mean, it's a really easy way to write. It's easy. easy.
0: Well, I mean, again, you listen to your, your solo stuff. I don't think you, you, I don't think anybody listening to that um, is going to come away thinking, well, these guys don't know how to write songs. What are they thinking? Nobody's going to come away thinking that. So 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 it's a great album. And um, like I said, I think it's 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 a collaboration of you know multiple facets. But, you know, not just with with uh, you and Corey. Josh obviously had a you know huge hand obviously in that. Um, but
5: it was amazing. Like yeah. I I I like care. I'm sorry, I interrupted you. I I am really just want to say I when Josh mixed gave and I care about mixes. I'm I'm like I really don't think I care because. I hardly hear ones that I like. That's why. Right. But like, I don't, it doesn't ever like stand out to me, but when I hear a mix and I'm like, Oh my gosh, the mix was so good. I could hear everything. I could feel in the right spots. Like it, it, it was the voice. It was like right in your ear. Like it was like exactly like all those things. That's really beautiful about when you catch it. Like, you know, when there's a drummer and you really, he stands out because there's right. really special about it. And every other time you don't even think about the drums or like a guitarist, Josh is a kind of guitarist like that too. But he, when he mixed the album, I don't remember when I first said, I didn't it. mix the
1: album.
5: Wait, Oh, I was talking about, I was talking about, I was talking about the degree. Oh, you're talking about live streams. I thought
4: you were.
5: Yeah. But
0: I, Evan, thought you were, I thought you were too. <laughs>
4: Everything I learned, I learned from Evan, just so you know. So you Evan, Evan, him.
5: Evan is the first one. Evan is one of the, the first ones out, outside of two other producer or mixers. Um, that I that I felt that way about. Two others, is it, and then Evan. And Evan ended up doing live streams. Which he's, I love. He's
4: a friend of mine. I had a Pittsburgh local band called Kairos and our drummer had a brother who lived in Los Angeles named Evan, who was just in a band called Cage Nine.
5: Which has amazing albums, by the way. Really
4: good band. Really he had a great studio. Sounds. He's always recorded his own stuff. Yeah. And we just said if we're gonna go record, I'd you know, I showed her Evan's CD. She goes, I wanna sound like this. Yes. Right. So we went out there and this is kind of jumping back to our beginning conversation, but like his studio was a room just like mine, a really small studio. His gear was from the '90s; it was not great gear. His microphones <laughs> were busted, but that dude there's knew how to use it. There's a air conditioner right. in
5: the window. I'm like, don't turn that off?" He's
4: like, I'm "Yeah." There's bands playing on both <laughs> sides of the room, like you know, while we're trying to record vocals, and it's like he he didn't have all the expensive equipment that you've seen in these amazing studios. He had, you know, a very Heart. <laughs> very modest setup. And just crushed it he knew what to do and knew how to make it sound the way that he wanted to and so he yeah. was yeah, he definitely
0: was a, definitely a great sound i my you know one of my favorite cuts off that is life screams the uh you know just such a powerful song uh and, and again it's one of those songs it's like there there are certain songs that like whenever like the, the the chorus kicks in or something or the vocals come in the background vocals i don't know what it is That you, you just hear a part of the song and you go yes they nailed it that's that's the way it's supposed to be and and that's just one of those songs. Like when it kicks in, you're just like, "That's exactly what you're supposed to do." And it's all like a little uh, ching ching chink What you do with the guitar there, um, you know, is just like that's like in the perfect spot. It's like so. Don't you know, folks? They don't. They're not just going in the studio just jamming. Okay, this stuff is thought out. At least that's the way it comes across to people who are listening to it. So um, it, it sounds very well put together. So the, this um, with with some of this time off. And I know I even probably know the answer to this question, but I'm going to ask it anyways. Let me, let me preface it another way. You have uh, three books that basically tell your life. You have The Reason, which is uh, your early life and childhood and, and how you uh, were saved. And that talks about you know, the formings of Flyleaf and, and with Meeting of Josh. And you have The Mystery, um, which is about uh, relationships, and about how uh, tough relationships are and about how there are a lot of uh, work. Um, And uh, then you have The Return, which just talks about basically it. I look at all these are like instructional books, you know what I mean? It's instructions on how to live your life by returning the love to God that He has given to you and how to live your life with, you know, everything you do should be showing love towards God. And uh, so with some of this downtime, is there a need for a fourth book? Are you thinking about a fourth book? <laughs> Look at them. Gosh, gosh, like, That's the perfect answer. Um, four
4: and five.
0: Four and five.
5: At least. Yeah. I
0: know.
4: Oh. Listen, we, writing a book.
5: It's stressful
1: for Josh.
4: <laughs> it's hard for me. I'm not writing the book, but, right. you know, like when Lacey had to go through her childhood and all these, you know, really deep emotional things, like she has to work those things out and relive them so she can capture them, you know, right. like it's a big deal to do that. And same thing, you know, her second book where she had to talk about her first marriage and her divorce and all these different things. And, you know, it's a messy situation when you're, like, going back through the stuff that you came out of, right? you know, to get it informed. So, like, there's two other books, and I can't say what they're going to be about, but, like, I think it's important. They're, they're going to be books for her. You know, technically our contract with our um, publisher is up, and so – I feel like a lot of the things that we wanted to talk about or weren't sure to, we can do whatever we want now. Cause we're not in the contract anymore. <laughs> <But> <laughs> I think the next two books, the next one in particular is going to be really important. Um, if no one else just for Lacey. And that's, I think that's how all good art is. If you're making art just for yourself, cause it's something you would like generally other people are going to enjoy that too. You know, yeah, absolutely. We've never, we've never made music or art or anything to please other people, you know? And I think that, um,
5: there's been times where we've had to do that with flight leaf, but oh,
4: okay.
0: not us. Right. Well, I doubt that uh, whether you set out to uh, write a book, that's going to be inspiring or instructional um, you know, I think that if, it's, if that's just something that naturally comes out of, out of writing um, you know, just know that I think that when, when I've at least feedback I've gotten from other people who have, have read your books and stuff, that's, that's what's happening. I mean, people are getting inspired. They're getting, um, you know, basically good instructions. Oh, yeah, I never thought about it that way before. Whatever, and um, you know, that's the way. Kind of like I, I looked at, uh, uh, at at the return um, is, you know, I looked at it as as a, an instructional way to live my life. So it's, it's very help, very helpful.
5: Well, that it, it's interesting you said it that way because. <clears throat> Originally, I wanted to call it the stewardess, um, but then they were worried that it would that people were think it was about money. But it's a it is is supposed to be about recognizing life as a gift and how did you use it when you face God? What is he gonna you know like what did you do with like you could face him tomorrow? What did right. you do? I mean, people are dying all around me right now. It's crazy. Like every time I turn around, I'm there's somebody a funeral or something is going on, and so you're I'm having to talk to my kids about this. Almost every day, like, um, about, yeah, tomorrow's not guaranteed. If you face God tomorrow, what are you going to say? When you come out of this body, you're going to be in front of your creator. Right. And what do you do with the gift he gave you? And so what I wanted to share and what people ask me all the time, like, how did you become a rock star? How do you do this? Or how do you do that? And really, all I do is just try to say that. Like, okay, God, thank you for a new day. How can I thank you. How can I love you back? Just like I said. So that's how everything that has ever touched the beyond me has gone, come about. Um, you know, I'm right. Re- I'm ready to go. <laughs> 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 I'm ready to go. but like, It's not time. you right. know. What I mean? yeah. And I'm like, okay, well, so let's, let's do this adventure, you yeah. know? And what is this one? You know, um,
0: but when the time comes, I've because I'm, I'm I'm kind of in the same boat you are. I'm like I'm not in a rush to go, but I'm ready to go. I know, you know because I mean? you had your
5: own <laughs> season where you're having to face death and have yeah. to like deal with it. Like, well, what if this was it? What'd you right. do? Did you did you do what you felt like you're supposed to do today? I mean, yeah. what if today's all you got. You know, right. calm down about everything else. Just what's right in front of you you know and i think that that's what makes us work together so well
0: <laughs> and that's that's kind that's kind of what brought me to you cuz you know i mean it's i i just have this you know i am led by the, by the spirit and yeah. i was told i was told to to get in touch with you and reach out to you and and somehow something would come of it and i'm like oh, whatever okay god I'll, if that's what you say let's do it so and See, that's, that's what, my
5: whole life that's pretty <laughs> much every day I right. guess.
0: it's
4: very difficult to live with somebody <laughs> like that can i just add that to you? Your
0: poor wife Michael. I know, I know. She says <laughs> she <laughs> yes. You, you, you can have sympathy for. Her. <laughs> no,
5: so I mean, it's a rich life of adventure and uncertainty.
0: <laughs> right. So anyway, so yeah, we probably should wrap it up. Um but I really appreciate you guys taking the time to to do this. I and again I, I didn't want to make this a the the a, a typical you know, let's go through Lacey's life and all the stuff that everybody knows and stuff like that. So this is the stuff that's on my mind, and and uh, if it's on my mind, I'm sure it's on someone else's mind. So, but uh, is there anything you guys want to plug? Uh, anything you've got coming up?
4: Um, actually, you know, a little over a year ago, we met this guy um, wanted to work on a feature film with us. Hmm. And uh, sounds interesting. Very persistent man. Let me tell you about this guy named Michael.
2: <laughs> sounds like some idiot that <laughs> <And> I know.
4: <laughs> He's a Yinzer from Pittsburgh. That's my buddy. Um, yeah, so we're uh, so you're making, making a movie,
0: a movie, movie. huh? Hmm, can't that's... too
4: much, but we're finally making a feature film. That, awesome, uh, it's gonna encapsulate Lacey's story. <laughs> Three books and um, one. No, I don't really know. Maybe it's a trilogy. We'll see. We, uh, <laughs>
0: finally could be a trilogy.
4: Can't mentioned the name yet but we agreed on a director and um excited got a great team of people all coming together and so uh yeah that's exciting going into the new year with you know everything in place so
0: so ever anybody that's been you know i know we've been teasing this for almost two years now or something going on that. So be like, what, what's going on? What's going on? These things take time, people. They really take time. Trust me. We're still working on things. It's still coming. And things are pro- progressing and moving forward, but these things do take times. Some movies take, you know, five, six years to put together, but you know, hopefully that won't be this case, but you never know. But, um, so how about anyone? Else? So you want to have people to keep in touch with you on, on uh, social media at all would uh, get your, your Instagram is uh, official Lacey Sturm, right?
4: Official Lacey Sturm Instagram. Most of them are official Lacey Sturm. Twitter is just Lacey Sturm. Um,
0: we're and jo- jo- Joshua Levi Sturm for Joshua you. Joshua
4: Levi Sturm. Yeah. You can follow me too. I forgot.
0: Yeah. Um, well, Hey, you guys no, are a pair here. So why let not? Me
4: ask you a question. I'm, I'm thinking of like making the studio legit. Um, and yeah. starting to take on clients um
0: there's maybe. one right there there's one right there oh, there we go over here hey mike
2: you got my wrong name up there
0: <laughs> again <laughs> it, won't, it won't show don't worry
2: okay i'm actually um looking to start i'm actually doing a, an acoustic single here in early january But i'm looking to do my an acoustic ep yeah. of like four four songs sort of have a story they're all sort of related and it's just gonna be called just me it's just gonna be me and a and an, acoustic, and an acoustic guitar. Um, you know, I'm a local guy here, obviously you could tell from my accent, I'm here, here originally from <laughs> Pittsburgh, but I've been doing on even my musician page. And I started, I've been playing for years, but I started out at zero. And, you know, 36 followers, I got like 2,700 now, but the last thing I did was just the cell phone and me playing a song about if I, you know, if I met somebody who found out they were dying from cancer, it's got over 19,000 views just from my, yep. from my cell phone. So wow. I'm looking to roll with that because <laughs> people <laughs> are actually paying attention to, that. versus yeah. me, you know, turning on a Marshall and pulling out some of my electrics and doing that. So, I mean, that's really something that I'd like to get started up in, in February. And I've been, you know, I've been talking to some of the people around here or, and I've actually was contacted by somebody that I'm, Doing the single ad actually is trying want me to promote his new studio, but it sort of gets back to the whole sort of thing of is it really of something that I could that could be radio play because of the sound quality? Yeah. I have some really nice guitars and Martin D35. I also have a couple of the triple O's, the 16 to 15 series, and add in. I'm just looking you know, I don't expect it's gonna take a million hours, but I'm looking for somewhere you know, good to go. Maybe even have a good story behind it. Maybe get some people to pay attention and hopefully it'll, hopefully it'll like, I think it's actually going to be pretty good. That's
0: awesome. Well, is this also a, a call for uh, clients? Do you want people to contact you if they're interested in studio I time?
4: I, you know, I'll set that up officially when I'm ready to pull the trigger. We'll see. Okay. I'm, I'm mixing my first album because I've done mostly singles up this point. Now I'm doing a whole album like, oh, they all have to kind of sound similar and it has to be consistent. So,
0: well, why don't we give them a shout out? Because we know who the band is. Why don't you, you, you give yeah, the band no, a shout out? Go ahead.
4: So the band's called The Unexpected. Um, Walker Clark is the leader of that band. He's a friend of ours. It's our manager's son. Uh, they actually came on tour with us, did some shows. If you guys saw us on that one tour. The
0: and English the music song. sounds slamming. It sounds great.
4: It's really great. It's coming from Josh. <laughs> Anything he does
5: is
1: so good. Come
0: on. All right, guys. Well, hey, I hope you and your family have a wonderful Christmas and a a blessed New Year. Of course, I'll probably see you before the New Year. We know we're going to see each other before the New Year. But uh, anyways, uh, thank you so much for taking the time to come on the show. We also want to thank our our other guest, John Elefante. And uh, thank you guys for making this our first uh, year doing the Blabber Brain show. Uh, Pretty awesome. And uh, we're looking forward to season two starting next uh, month somewhere along the line. And uh, so anyways, everybody have a healthy and safe and happy uh, Christmas, New Year's, Kwanzaa, Festivus, uh, Hanukkah. Happy holidays. Just combine it all in one. (laughs) Happy birthday, Jesus. (laughs) All right, everybody. We'll we'll see you later. Have a good one. Thanks. Thanks.